Hey, yo, Flip. Yo. I'm going to put you on some fire, man. They got this new bed wash company. They got the lotion and the, the everything. What's their name? They got a recovery room. It's What's out- the name? Maestro's, Maestro's Classic. G-Money's up front. I'll put, put you, you on, put you on man. Man. I'll put you on the you Maestro's, sure? man. You forgot the way I brought you? You forgot where I brought you oh, up there? Oh, man. You forgot? You forgot man. about Ghost? Oh, all right, Who is What's his name? Ghost. You know again? He cool, man. <laughs> Ghost is cool, man. Yo, make sure you get your Maestro's Classic Bed Care products yes. today at Target. CVS mm-hmm. or go on maestrosclassic.com and use the promo code QueensFlip to get 10% off. 10%, that's it? I thought, it was, I thought it was free if you put your... Are you crazy? All right, I got it. Make sure you go there today. Log on, maestros with a S.com. I'm from Queens. G-Money! Yo, yo. What's up, man? What's going on? How you feeling? I'm all right. You cooling? Yeah, I'm chilling low. Wait a second. How you feeling, man? Cold. It's cold in here, right? <laughs> got the North Face on today. What's up with you, man? I see you got your new, uh, you know, shout out to Amina. You know, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like this idea, but I, I'm starting to like it already. I know, I know, I know you, man. I know I, you, man. I just don't, who she thinks she is? Just cause it's her first day, she can't just give us ideas like that, <laughs> huh? She can't give us ideas like that, man. Why not? That's fine. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't try to turn it sideways either. Let's stay in the front, man. <laughs> oh, stay, don't try, don't try to. <laughs> right, don't try. Are you? How's everything with you, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. Um. Working hard, everything's good. Shout out to everybody that's that's tuning in, all the support. It's definitely like I, like I always say, it's been real. You know what I'm saying? I've been outside doing these events, and people will stop me every event. So I want to say shout out to y'all. Everybody was watching the show, liking and commenting the show, subscribe to the page. You know what I'm saying? It's, it feels good to be outside and, and get people. You, you know, get stopped more than me. Well, you don't really be outside like that. You know what I'm saying? You, you, be, you be low key with it, man. You get stopped way more than me, huh? If you was outside, it'd be cra- it'd probably be mayhem. I don't think so. I think it'll be it'll be crazy. I think you cool. That's why. I, that's why they stop you, man. I, I I don't think so, man. Nah, if you was outside, it'd be crazy, bro. It'd be but crazy. everything, but everything is good though. Everything good. We here. You know what I'm saying? We got a long pause. A long pause. We got a lot of things coming up. Mm-hmm. We got different shows coming up that I'm excited about. I've been practicing online. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know these lives that I've been doing. I'm gonna show you these lives I've been doing. Talking about current events. You know, we've been getting good feedback, 40,000, 30,000 views and stuff like that. So, okay, okay. you know, that's on a good path, man. I mean, ain't nothing like flip the script, but our new show is going to be dope. <laughs> that's a fact. And it's practicing. Yeah. And uh, we got a long, crazy, crazy, crazy month ahead of us. A lot of different people. February, right? February going to be crazy. But I feel good, man. How, how's Dawson? How's the family? Dawson's good. Everybody good. Had a nice, nice long weekend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, which I did. Uh, Kid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chuck E. Cheese and all that, right? You yeah, know, you stop know. going to Chuck E. Cheese, bro. The pizza there is amazing. Yeah, stop going to Chuck E. Cheese, bro. You're the, not going to Chuck E. Cheese, man. He don't like Chuck E. Cheese no more, the pizza, bro. The pizza is amazing. Why you don't there? take him to uh, Dave and Buster's? Dave and Buster's games are too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so you cost effective now? Sometimes. You? Yeah, sometimes. So what do you do at Chuck E. Cheese? Chuck E. Cheese is... Uh, they got no raw. What's, what's that chicken cheese, yeah, you know, bro? Right, you know, play the games at the what jackpot. What games, G? The tickets. You know what I'm saying? So you still gonna? <laughs> I be playing the games. <laughs> Over my pizza, I'm good. But I'm excited. I'm excited, man. Good seeing you. Yes, um, yes. T- you know, we hired, we hired a new assistant. Uh, I'm ready to fire her already. I'm already. Yeah. Let's see how long she lasts. But, you you know, she she, but she from the same camp that. Yeah, I know. My I know. man basketball from I'm from, so I think she'd be around for a little minute. You know what I'm saying? I knew you was gonna say that. Yeah, you know. Cause I'm surprised every time we get somebody, be like, oh, I wonder how long they gonna last with Flip. I no, told her, I told her on the phone. Yeah, she knows. She know your body. G money. <laughs> Yo.
episode one, four, two. Nigga, we made it. We got a special guest. What's up, man? What's happening, man? It's good. Wow. Hope I say it right. Is it Sunday? 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 Sunday. Sunday. All right. Sunday Moses. Round of applause, man. One more time for my man. What's up, man? Yes. What's up, man? What's happening? your comrade, please. This is my brother, my childhood friend, one song. How you doing, man? Chilling, man. Chilling, oh, yeah. chilling. I thought you were going to talk. I thought you were looking like you was going to talk. You got to cool, man. Nah, man. Yeah. I'm excited about this episode, man. I yeah. mean, you know, I read the email. Mm-hmm. Um, It's one of the first ones that we took from an email. I thought that the story was compelling after doing uh, research, and I'm still putting things together. But, um, you know, we're going to let him tell the story. Right, right. Um, Definitely. Because like I said, we don't, you know, all our bookings are always booked in advance. Mm-hmm. So it's the first one we took, like, yo, let's put, we can't up back, let's put this in. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? What do you think about, the, you know? I think put- it's dope. I mean, you know, I read the article, so I definitely want to hear his story from his mouth and just kind of hear his perspective of it and see what, you know, he felt, you know, um, what he'd been through and just kind of hear the hear story from his side. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I um, agree. You know, before that, you know, I spoke to him off camera real quick and he mentioned that he, he just did a few shows as well. You, you did a few. So this, this ain't your first show. No. So you, you did a few podcasts and radio shows and TV yeah. stuff already. So what makes you, you know, what's, what's your motive to do these shows? Like what's, what's your, what's your uh, motive to do these uh, podcasts and shows? I think um, one of the reasons um, that I reached out um, to you guys, um, let me say this first and foremost. I think that the, the demographic that I think that you guys appeal to um, needs to hear the experiences of the wrongfully convicted. And I follow you guys, so I, you know, I've, I've seen and, and, and noticed the content. And I think that on every platform, um, um, the topic of wrongful conviction, because it affects almost every urban community around the world, literally. Right. Um, and, and, and somebody that looks like me and, 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 and come from the background that I uh, come from, I think that it was important to speak to your demographic. For me, why I think that it's important that I keep speaking about it is because um, I don't think that um, it's talked about a lot. Um, it's just coming to the forefront of, of, our, uh, of American society with... Um, with movies like uh, When They See Us about the Central Park Five and mm-hmm. and, and other um, things. It's just now. Um, prior to, one of the most um, prominent movies was um, Hurricane Carter. And that was shown because, you know, he was a boxer. He was a professional boxer who was wrongfully convicted for murder. So you can see why that was propelled into the media because he's a, he's a professional boxer, right? But what happens to the average Joe? Right. You know, from the project that gets wrongfully convicted for murders and rapes and, and things as, as such. So um, I don't think that the topic's been broached as much. Um, as a matter of fact, I just spoke at the Cypher or Cyphers um, to that group of people right now. Because I've done interviews um, um, on national TV, like um, um, Pix11 News and uh, New York Times did a big expose um uh, Huffington Post did a documentary called um, uh, Stolen Time. Um, it's on YouTube. And I've never did 
normally I spoke at Pace University, Brooklyn Law School. I've never really did City Hall. We did rallies there, but I never really did a platform like this okay. where I get to speak to um, um, your demographic. That's dope. Yeah. You know our platform's a little crazy, yes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Pardon me, pardon me for for the wait, man. You know, just handling handle the business, man. You know, No problem. You got a little mellow way. I don't know if you're falling asleep or nothing. Nah, no problem. Head, <laughs> no problem. No problem. You got this odd thing you're doing. Like, nah, no problem. I don't problem. know if it's some type of smooth thing. I don't nah, know. no problem. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You, you get yeah, scared. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I mean, my mom's like, man, hold on, man. I hope my man ain't tired, Yeah, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's that's my personality. You know, a lot of people that know me, they, you know. I can see. Smooth. Yeah. So, 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 um, you know, it's 2020 now, and there's a lot of stuff still going on. People being wrongfully accused, you know, uh, people getting arrested, people getting shot by the cops. Like, do you feel like, do you, do you ever get tired or, or feel like, you know, your job is not really helping um, the situation? Because, you know, there's a lot that's going on still, and you can easily stop and be like, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to live my life and just kind of do my own thing. But, you you know, you're still out here doing these platforms and getting your word across, trying to help the, the, the youth understand what's going on and educate them. So do you ever get tired of doing these shows or, you know what I'm saying? Um, n no, because I think that, um, I think that I possess, um, a gift to speak to this generation, right? Not just on, not just from talking, I actually did the work. Mm -hmm. Like, I, um, I work for, um, juvenile probation, even, you know, and I work with young families as what they call a parent coach. A lot of people haven't heard that term, but it's a new term, mm -hmm. right? And I work with kids who've, um, juveniles who've been arrested. Um, and who's touched the system. And I've seen the way I've communicated with them versus um, uh, the old guard, so to speak, right? Older people, the way they communicate. Because, you know, I've been in maximum security prison, and, I, and, and I've been there for a long time, and I've been around, you know, mm. everybody, literally, and seen every story and heard about every story, and, and, and it took me a while. It took me a while. You know, we speaking about wrongful convictions and how to happen, but that's a big case, right? But then there's a personal story, right? I'm from Fort Greene, I'm from Brooklyn. And and I had my own story, personal story growing up, right? But but what we talking about here is wrongful conviction. But I've been arrested outside of what I was wrongfully convicted as, as a juvenile, mm -hmm. right? So so I have a lot of um I have a lot of experience to um qualify to speak to um, um, older people and, and, and definitely the legal community. My aim, that's and that's why we know what what happens in our neighborhood. Our demographic knows what happens. I don't have to really, the stuff that I'm saying is not really new right. to your demographic, right? It's, it's really the legal community and people who can push the button who I really want to hear the message, mm -hmm. right? And that goes for, when I say every community, don't think I'm just saying black. Because not all black people understand what we're talking about. Mm. My judge was black, my lawyer was black, and my DA was black. Wow. Right? So that I can't sit choice. up here and say what the white man did. Tell about choice or that, that was? No, no, no. That's, how, that's just how it was. Yeah, it just felt like that. I had a female, um, a female black lady judge. My, um, my lawyer was a black male. And... My DA was a, was a, they had two two DAs prosecute my case, but the the lead DA was a black man. Mm. All right, so let, let's go back and you know give us a brief history of of who you are growing up. You say you're from Fort Greene. Mm -hmm. 
My name is Sunday Moses. My friends call me Sonny. You know, some people call me Sean. Um, and, you know, growing up, my parents are from Liberia, from, from Africa. Okay. Um, Western Africa. I was born here. Um, I'm the youngest of eight kids, so I have older brothers and sisters. And, and we all grew up in the projects, you know. Um, and, you know, I was born in 75. So I grew up, you can imagine, you know, 1980, I was five years old. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, um, there was a lot of notorious people from my neighborhood, you know, 50 Cent, the original 50 Cent, right. uh, Killer Ben, Supreme Magnetics, a bunch of people, right? D-Wiz, a bunch of people. And I grew up around them, right? Some of them lived in my building, next to my building, everything. So I grew up seeing a lot um, and witnessing a lot. And so, um, there came a time where, but I was, you know, a good kid. You know how, you know how immigrant parents are, they strict. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you West Indian, you got a West Indian friend or whatever. You know how their parents are, they mm -hmm. strict. My parents was no different. I went to Catholic school. I had a good education, something that came in handy later on. I had a good education. Um, but of course, like any kid growing up in a rough neighborhood, you're going to get into your little issues and problems and stuff like that. Um. And and I did, you know, I did. Uh, but then there came a time where, um, specific to this situation, where guys from my neighborhood, um, you remember the source of what? Back in, I don't know how old you guys are, but um, back in 1995, you know the... Yeah, the East Coast, West Coast, uh, yeah. beef and all that, yeah. Yeah, the Source magazine held their first award show in... New York City. Um, there's an individual from from my neighborhood by the name of Killer Ben, and in 1995, that was 1995 was like a real tumultuous year, because um, of course the East Coast West Coast thing happened, and mm -hmm. at that award show, Killer Ben was just released from prison um, for the attempt murder um, on two police officers. And he's a very, um, Killer Ben is a very close associate with Rakim, the, um, the rapper. So so when he came home, um, it wasn't surprising for him to be in that type of environment at an award show. So he's at the award show, and fresh out of prison, right? And, and there was, you know, Everything that I'm saying, and, and, and let me say this, um, th th of course there's gonna be certain things. I still have pending legal actions against okay. the state and, and mm -hmm. the city. Gotcha. Um, so there's certain things that I, I wouldn't be able to get into in detail, but I'm definitely gonna give you an overview of everything that happened. Um, allegedly, there was a, um, there was a guy in, in, in Biggie Small's entourage, um, you know, Biggie was there. He performed at that award show. We know the story with Suge Knight and Snoop Dogg got on stage and stuff like that. But at that award show, one of the individuals allegedly that was with um, 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 the notorious Big in his camp was robbed that night hmm. for a Rolex and, and and a chain. And allegedly, Killer Ben robbed him. His name is Benjamin O'Gara, and um, 
there's a mural to this day in Brooklyn of him on the, in Four Green Projects. But he, two days later, Killer Ben was killed at a payphone. Mm. Um, and it, Killer Ben is well known, but let me just say that. And when that happened, it it caused a, basically a war, an explosion, right? You had people trying to, you like had people just trying to get revenge because of it, and it was a frenzy. But hold on, <clears throat> sorry. Okay. Back in the days, those days, there wasn't really cameras on the corner. No. So what? There was speculation. I mean, who are you getting revenge on? And you know, let's be. You can be careful with your words. I'm just saying. Who? You know, did people know who did it? Are you saying it was assumed? It was assumed because of the Rolex situation. Yes. Got it. It was. It was assumed, you know, right. It was assumed in a sense of, no, because at this point it's in the paper already. Oh, okay, okay. It wasn't a secret at this point. It was, it was, uh, when Killer Ben got killed, because, again, Killer Ben was well known, so even when he came home, it was already monitored. You got to remember, he went upstate for attempt murder on two police officers. So when he came home, the precincts, or when certain people come home from prison, the precincts go on alert. Mm -hmm. They put parole on alert. They put, you know, because they feel you a certain threat to the community. Of course. So they know when he came home, right? And they kind of follow. It, it happened sort of quick. He wasn't home that long when all of this transpired. So he got killed at a payphone, and so it was a it, it was a, it was a big thing. It wasn't like a small thing. The retaliation, everything was documented. It was a lot of people that was killed and shot after that. On one particular shooting, um, five people were shot. There was four people and a little girl named Shimon Johnson, four-year-old girl um, by the name of she rest in peace. A four-year-old girl by the name of Shimon Johnson was shot and killed in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Um, of course, when things like that, um, anytime an innocent bystander, old lady get hit by a stray bullet, a little kid get killed, you know, just, you know, a aspiring college kid get killed by a stray bullet, you know, that's going to, it's going to bring the public into a frenzy. And why does it bring, those type of things bring the public into a frenzy is because um, it's senseless. Not only is it senseless, but to top it off is an election year. So they looking to lock somebody up for this. That was like, I mean, even before the, the girl got killed, people was in the paper saying, listen, you know, I got to bring my kids upstairs on the streetlights to go out. These guys are from Fort Greene and coming over here and shooting up the place. It was crazy. Cab drivers was getting shot. It didn't matter. Um, <clears throat> whoa, whoa. First, because, you know, it came up, you know, Killer Ben and the story with the girls equated, actually, it came up mm -hmm. together. Um, Question. Do anybody know what he was doing by the payphone? 
supposedly he answered the uh, uh, beep. You know, those were the days of the uh, beepers. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, mm-hmm. allegedly, he got a beep on his beeper and went to that payphone, the closest payphone, oh. to return a call. Got you. And, 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 and people were coming from different areas, basically. Because after Killer Ben got killed, because he got killed near where? Where did he get killed near? He got killed in Fort Greene on Myrtle Avenue. Fort Green. Okay, he got killed in Fort Greene. Tell you, they have a story about him right here. Um, and he gets killed in a domino effect because now everybody is assuming, allegedly, that it derived from the Rolex taken at the Source Awards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he got killed. He got killed, what, how many days later? You said the next day? The next Two week? Two days, right? Two days later. Two days later, he got killed. Well, there's, 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 okay. Well, there was an investigation. Everything is rumored. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the hip hop cop. What's his name again? Uh, um, it's a Spanish detective. I can't remember yeah, his name. I tried I try to reach out to him through this guy. Uh, his name is Darnell or De- something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about him? Well, he investigated it, right? Some people say that Biggie Smalls was the one that sent the hit. Some people say that. Some people say that, you know, the hip-hop cop investigated it. Biggie rapped about it. Right? So, it's 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 speculation, of course. Right? But if you're close enough to the situation, you can kind of, you can kind of separate what's truth from fact. Well, let me ask you a question real quick. You got to be careful with mm-hmm. statement. You know, um, what was your relations or friendship with said Killer Ben? The time he passed away, he was they said, uh, he was 26 years old, Benjamin, yeah? Mm-hmm. But what was your relationship with, with, with him? I have a relationship with him. You didn't have a relationship with him? No. I, um... Like, I know him in passing. Like, he was like an older guy to me, right? Like, he was like, yo, what's up? What's up, shorty? At that time, he was about 18, 19? When he got killed, I was like, probably like 18. Got you. Okay. Just want to make sure. You know, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. So, he was was not really in his, he was not really, he was not really in my age bracket. Not just that, but, and we speak about this all the time, um, You know, young kids back then almost, I don't know what it is. It seems like society when it comes to young kids, and this is why I like to come out and speak about this topic. Um, it seems like we've we've progressed in a lot of ways, but regressed in a lot of ways, mm. right? Um, a 15-year-old kid back in 1990 was different from a 15-year-old today. I mean, and, and and there's so many examples of that, right? When you think about the Black Panthers, you think you're talking about some old guys. They were young. I mean, how many 25-year-olds you see like that <laughs> today? 22-year-olds that you see like Huey P or, or any of these guys, right? You don't. And so it, it's like that in the street, too. You know, at, at 15, look at Alpo and them. And all these, di- you know, that whole paint and fool, all the people from Harlem, from Queens, these were young people. Mm-hmm. Look, Killer Ben got killed at 26 years old. He already had a history. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm saying that to say that 
um, yes, I was 18, he was 26, but his 26 was more like 40. Got it. I was advanced for 18, but for that time, for that time period, right? Not now, right? We wasn't into playing games, Xbox. Like, that wasn't our, that wasn't my teenage years, right? Mm -hmm. I got locked up at 16 for a gun. So, before this, right? And 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 this is why um, leading and being in that life. It's funny because when you think about wrongful conviction, you might think about which I was. I was a good kid, but again, I grew up in the projects, right? I had certain influences, so it was more than just one side to me. I was in college by the time I was seventeen, mm. but I still got locked up. By the time I was 16, rather. But I still got locked up for a gun. Right? Because you, you're growing up in an environment where you you living next door to stuff. Stuff is happening, and you're not going to get, you don't want to get bullied or punked. Right? But at the same time, you know, you're going to school, and you're doing what you need to do. You're coming from a good household. You know what I'm saying? So, so but then a wrongful conviction happens. And then it spirals into spirals into something that I couldn't see. You know, nobody wakes up and say, damn, I'm gonna get locked up for a homicide and four attempt murders. Who wakes up and say that? You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, um, throw throw a crooked cop in the mix. You know, which made it worse. Which made the situation worse. It, it, you know, it's one thing to be accused of something you didn't do, but you know, when you throw a crooked cop in it, it makes it worse. What, but, but my question is, let me go back up a little bit. So, <clears throat> as a child, you, you said your parents, were your parents, you said your parents are from where again? They're from Liberia. Liberia. Mm -hmm. Africa. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as a child, you know, of course they were strict, but both of them lived in the same home, yes? Yes. And them being strict, did that push you? outside more because usually stories is when a kid out is outside getting into wrong things uh either the father's not in the home and the mother works hard you know what was it with your situation did both parents work hard because you know i know as immigrants coming into both parents hmm. both parents did work hard and um but i got into more trouble after my father left the home so your father left the home yeah what age did he leave the home? He left the home when I was like, probably like around 12, 11, 12. Do you remember him leaving the home? How, what, what, yeah. Can you can you bring us to that day? Yeah, he, he him and my, him, like, my, my father used to, um, my father used to hit on my mom. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so I witnessed abuse, um, and then, Eventually, that turned into them getting separated, right? And I remember them asking, you know, I'm asking, like, who you want to live with? Who, right, yeah, like, who you want to go with? Like, who you want to live with? And I didn't want to live with my father. I didn't want to live with my father. I chose to live. Actually, everybody chose to live with my mother. Hmm. Everybody got the choice, but everybody chose to live with my mother. Why is that, you think? It probably was one of the most crucial decisions that I made in my life. Now thinking about it, because my father was strict and was hands-on, and he ain't play. 
not only did I know that, my neighborhood knew that. Like, my friends knew that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, your pops is crazy. Your pops is mean. Like, you know, he mean. Like, he don't smile. He's not a jokey, jokey type of guy. He's always got a serious demeanor. He's he's one of those type of dudes. You know what I'm saying? It's right, like, right. real serious. So, and that's how he, he, he ruled. He's like one of the dudes that ruled. He's a foreigner. He rolls his house with an iron fist. It ain't about, I'm not talking to you. Do it. You doing this, and that's it. That's, that's, so I wanted to get away from that. Right, because I got friends who who his mother is smoking. His mother smoking crack, so we could go up his crib and do anything. For a little kid, you know, they love that. Of course, <laughs> you know, freedom. Right, freedom. Yeah, you I'm not. His pop? Not not met him personally, but we seen him when he's little. You know, going in and out, coming from guest work or whatever, mm -hmm. going in and out. Yeah, yeah, because he didn't make. His mom's is a sweetheart. Right, I love him. Yeah. But his pops was like militant, look like you know what I mean when we was young. Mm -hmm. What was his story? Why was he so militant? Was he what was he back in Africa? Like was he in some sort of? Or he was just a. He he he. Um. Where well where they where where my parents was from in Africa they they they're very um. They're very family oriented, but they they're very um strict and and big on principles. Like my sister just went to Africa. She just came back like um, a couple of days ago. And she was telling me, she was like, she was like, y'all was out in the, um, like in the market, what they call a marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. For us it'd be like downtown, any place downtown with shopping areas and stuff. But over there they call it the marketplace, right? So she's like, I'm at the marketplace. They sell everything there. And it's crowded, a lot of people. And she said a guy got caught stealing. And my sister said, I felt so sorry for him. Because, like, that's like a, you can't do that over there. Not and get caught. Mm. Right? And so think about the mentality of my pop. This is how he raised. Mm. Right? You, they were, like, it wasn't like one or two people. She's like, yo, they was beating him crazy. And it's not one or two people. It's everybody. Ladies, men, old people, young people, kids, all that. Mm. Like, you just can't do that over there. He got caught stealing the phone, she said. You know, and I'm like, wow. And my sister, she like, I feel bad. But nobody over there feel bad. Mm. She just has an American. You know, my sister, she, even though she was born there, she came over here as a baby. So she has an American mentality. That's why she's like, I feel bad. Right. But but they don't feel bad over there. That's that you, you, You're you not supposed to be doing that. Of course. Period. Of course. You know, so. So what's next for you now? Pop, pops moves out. My make, father moves make out. Make a big decision. You stay home with mom. Or do y'all stay with mom? Yeah, pardon. Um, all of us stay um, with my mother, and, and I think that's where um, a little bit of ties got to, started to loosen up. Mm -hmm. Because of what a, what a man brings to the table. A, a man brings discipline and structure to the table. And once they leave, that's kind of lost. Right, and with that, you know how you one person can manage eight people. Wait, it was eight of y'all. Uh huh. You said that earlier. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Right. So that's hard to manage, and I was I'm the youngest. Mm. You know, so, so. You know, I started getting into the street. 
I started getting into the street, you know what I mean? But the the one thing that my pops did, he, he always um, emphasized education. Right. So although I was getting into the street, I never lacked off in school. It's fortunate for me. Mm-hmm. Because when I got locked up, when I got accused for the murder, it is, listen, to get out of prison, it's going to take, it's going to take, brains i don't care how tough you are i don't care how much money you have it's rich people in jail people mm-hmm. think oh i get money i can get good resume so that means that that means that you would think that everybody in prison is in prison broke there are people in prison with money and still can't get out money didn't help them mm-hmm. <laughs> right there's people in the feds in the state with plenty of money and they can't get out of jail because evidence is evidence yeah, facts. Jury find you guilty with you. That's it. If you can't bribe them, you're going to jail. <laughs> you know, so I mean that's simple. But people think that money equates to freedom, and and it's not always about that. Knowledge equates to freedom. Right. So um, so now you start going outside. Like who who were some of your first influences that, that make you start doing some you know some bad things and make bad decisions? Was it some of your siblings that that were doing things you followed, or some of your friends? In school? Yeah, my um my friends um. Let's, my whole project is to whole be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going like my whole project. Like Fort Green was brutal back in the eighties. Like mm. it was brutal. It was brutal. And you know, a lot of people got killed from there. A lot of people got murdered and a lot of people went to jail and 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 you know me seeing that, me seeing that, you know, of course it's gonna have um some sort of influence. The good part about it was that um, with an education, I was able to see certain things mm-hmm. that probably is the reason why I don't have natural life or or or, or dead right now. I'm able to speak to you right now. Um, you know, like I just didn't cross certain lines. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's people that got caught up in drugs, you know. There's people that got caught up in a lot of stuff, you know what I mean, like the robbery life, run around, you know, mm. got caught up in that. And and it turned out bad for them. A lot of my friends are dead. Like, like I did, like, I did 18 and a half years. Like, 98% of my friends that was there when I got locked up is not there anymore. He's just, wow. you know. So I have a question, mm-hmm. and you know I don't know if this question is gonna you know cause any sort of stir, but <laughs> what what were you doing that day then? Were you the day he was killed? No, not not no. The day the girl got shot. The day he the day the guy the day the guy got shot. Uh, I mean the day the little girl got shot and the shooting happened. Um, I was at a friend's house, mm-hmm. and. I was at a friend's house. All right, let me let me let me give you an overall picture. Please. There was a time where I was hustling. And crack. Everything. What 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 hustler degree would you put yourself? What level of hustling would you put yourself on? Were you getting it or you were just like No, I wasn't getting it. Just getting it, so you just getting it and spending it. No, because I was I was 
Yes, I was getting it and spending it. Yeah. I was young. Nigga shit. I was young, right? Um, but I was doing everything. I was hustling. I was robbing. I was doing everything. Everything. <laughs> Anything went. So um, that's what I was doing. And a group of guys that I was doing it with, you know, they were serious guys. Mm. So, but what, but see, my projects is like broke up into sections. Killer Ben is not from my section of Fort Greene, mm -hmm. right? So, even in that, in the relationship, right? Um, he's not from my section, right? Even me and him, that's my child friends, but he's from one side of the projects, I'm from the other side. That matters. So, when you ask them about my father, <coughs> he wouldn't see my father as much. Yeah. As somebody from my part of the projects, right? So, and on my part of the projects and my group of friends that I would be with every day in my building, um, they it was serious guys. And what ended up happening was, um, you know, everybody was kind of cool. Killer Ben ended up coming home, and he was cool with guys from. I was like one of the older dudes too. So he came home and he was cool with affiliates of mine, not me. I'm I'm not. And and of course a couple of days after him coming home, you know, he's moving around. You know, he's moving around the city. And the biggest thing that's happening is the source award. And because I'm doing what I'm doing. It was kind of like like nobody couldn't like hustle except for my group of friends. Mm. Nobody couldn't hustle on my side of the projects except my group of friends. And when this happened with Killer Ben, there was a guy from my neighborhood who he was just into a lot of stuff. He was being extorted. He had a lot of beef. He had a lot of pressure on him. Another dealer. So when this took place, this dealer decided to go to homicide detectives and tell them that I'm the one that went out there and did the shooting. That's how I got involved. Because you was at a friend house. Well, the, 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 at a friend house, that was the day it actually happened, mm. right? But what I was just explaining to you was the whole atmosphere and what led up to that day. I see what you're saying. Right, what led all the way up into that day. And why this guy, now this is a guy that I grew up with too, who I know, mm -hmm. that went and told detectives that I was the one that went out there and did the shooting. And detectives, again, they have a lot of pressure on them. They, they you know, it's, it's on TV. They looking to lock somebody up. A four-year-old girl was murdered in cold blood. So they're looking... They're looking to lock somebody up, and somebody is going to get locked up. It's just a matter of who. So when this kid said my name, that was like, you were extorting him. I wasn't extorting him. There was a there Yo, was. Man, stop acting like come on, man. No, 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 no. I wasn't extorting. Him. No, I really am. I really am. I wasn't extorting him. But again, right? Check this out. Here's the reality of the situation. If if you're living in if you're living in a rough neighborhood. Mm -hmm. 
you can you you can't get away from anything. True. You really can't, right? So if if my friend, there's a guy I know that's extorting you, but so what? I don't have anything to do with that, right? He's there's a million people doing things. What matters is what I'm doing. I'm on my business, right? I'm not getting proceeds from it. Nothing. But not everybody feels like that. Some people feel as though, um, some people feel as though if you know somebody, like if I do something to somebody and I'm Queen Flip friend, they mad at Queen Flip, not me. Right? You mad at Queen Flip and they say, well, why are you mad at him? Because he know him. And I'm pretty sure you go through that all the time. <laughs> right? That, 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 you know, people feel like you're taking sides or just because you know somebody that you just feel some type of way. And that's how this kid felt. He felt like, you know the guy that's extorting me. And I'm going to tell police on you. And he did on, a, on, on this case. Well, I'm pretty sure he, he, he could have picked plenty of other names too. You know, like why, why, why would he pick any out of that? You know what I'm saying? You know what's weird is um that question. I would love to ask him that question. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. I love to ask him that question. Like, you know, to this day, it, and it sounds weird because you'll say, you know, you have to be doing something to him. Mm -hmm. That's the weird part about it. I was doing absolutely nothing. I know this guy. Like, like I was saying, like I would see him, like I was saying what's up to him, like walking by him and saying what's up to him up until the day I got locked up. Like, I didn't even know he told police that. I'm walking by him saying what's up to him and everything. I didn't even know we had an issue. Wow. Is he home? Yeah. Real quick before we get into that day. You know, I heard about a lot of official people in Fort Greene. You know, Supreme Magnetic. Heard the name D-Wiz as well. Um, you know. 50 Cent. Yeah, 50 Cent. Um... Any of those guys you was associated with? I know them. You know them. Mm -hmm. You know. When I asked my uncle Eric B about these guys, you know, well, I think Supreme Magnetic. Um, I think his brother or one of them just came home. Eric B is your uncle. Something like that. He used to. Eric B used to mess with a girl in my building. Actually, he used to mess with a girl. In my, I used to see him all the time. Somebody just came home for. I'm not asking. Right. Like, what's wrong with you asking? You want to put somebody? No, I'm not. No, no, I'm just. No, no, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling. No, it's no, I'm not in the hot seat. It's funny. No, it's funny. It's funny. He used to come all the time. He used to come all the time, right? He used to come. He used to come all the time to my project. No, it's well known. It's well known. It's well. No, this is well known. It's not like I'm telling. It's well known. Rakim, Rakim is from Long Island. People thought Rakim was from Brooklyn, because it is. He used to come, they used to come and see Supreme Magnetic. That's why he was cool with Supreme Magnetic. Mm -hmm. But he used to come to my building with a female he was dealing with. But he used to pull up, you know, females. Eric B, you know. And everybody know the, the girl. So it was, you know, it was well known, you know. So but it was just funny that you said that and you and you said, you know, for Green and then you mentioned Eric B because I used to see him all the time. So now, so you said the guy that was getting extorted that lied on you. You said, Chill out, man. They're going to kill you in the comments. Yeah, 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 Jackie. Look. They're going to kill you in the comments. Wait, wait, look, look, look. Okay, sure. You hear that, right? Yeah, okay. All right. 
That's so crazy. So, <laughs> so, uh, oh my God. So, all we know right now is that the day the little girl got killed, you was at a friend house. You, you, you was in the vicinity. And because a guy was being extorted by somebody you was associated with, he chose, he, you know, he said that you did, you did this yeah. to him. You did this to the to the girl. So t- bring us to the day you got arrested. The day the day I got arrested, police. Um, I was at my I was at my house. Police, police came early in the morning, and um, police came early in the morning and woke me up out my sleep. And um, they they just came and said we want to speak with you for questioning. They didn't they didn't say we want to lock. They couldn't lock me up actually which I found out later, but they just said, we we want you for questioning this homicide. Like, literally, I woke up. Not they came to the door. I'm talking about literally, I woke up. I'm in the bed like this. And when I woke up, it's detectives right there. They woke me up, though. They were searching me while I was sleeping. Wow. Yeah, because they saying that they they, they want, they saying that um, they wanted to see if it was guns. Mm-hmm. Under the cover, they couldn't. So I wake up. I hear. I feel hands fill me. I wake up. There's two detectives there, and they like, "Yo, get up!" Straight out my sleep. They like, "Yo, get up! We got questions for you." But if you know the law, if police question, if you're not under arrest, you don't have to go. But that wasn't how it was. It was. It was more of a demand than a request, and physically too. Not asking. They grabbing like, "Yo, come on." Like get dressed. They're not letting me do nothing. Mm. Like we don't want you to reach for nothing. What you want, we're here. They holding me. Let's go. I get to the precinct. I don't know what they keep in mind. I don't know what they what they what they coming there for. Right. But I'm in the street, so I don't know what they coming for. But I'm like, damn, you know what I'm saying. So when I get to the precinct, they like, yo, you here for? This, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, you know, I'm saying to myself, oh, I'll be out of here in a minute, cause they got the wrong guy. Me not knowing that they got a whole setup, they serious. They put me in interrogation room, ask me where you was at. Of course, I answer. I'm not on no, you know, a normal a criminal be like, I'm not talking to police. Let me get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's how a guy who did something supposed to play it. But me, I ain't do nothing. So I'm like, listen, I'm explaining to them. Well, this is where I was at. And but they not, they're not, they're not like, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Like I'm telling them this over and over and over and over and over and over again. They're like, well, we got people that's gonna pick you out. But I know they lying. They doing all the tactics. Your co-defendant, I have a co-defendant in the case. Um, there was somebody locked up before me. I failed to mention that. There was somebody locked up before me. A week before me. When I got locked up, they put me with him and said, you were shooting with him. Like, he became my co-defendant. Did y'all know each other? Like, we knew each other. Okay. But we was not together on no time when this happened. So he said, because he's another guy from my project. So they just, they know the shooters is from Fort Greene. 
They just don't know who. Mm -hmm. yeah. But my co-defendant, he got locked up the same day of the shooting because he shot himself. Yeah, he, he got locked up in the hospital. One, the, 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 the witnesses, some of the witnesses said one of the individuals that was shooting limped away. It's a 911 report. So he got locked up in the hospital the same day with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I got locked up a week later, and they said I was with him shooting because of this kid. So now I'm telling them where I was at. They like, they're not listening. They so hot because they want to bust. This is a, this is a big case. And they, you know, they testified at my trial. They said we had a lot of pressure on us. Like they wanted, you know, it's election time. Wait, so real quick, um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure how all this stuff goes. So pardon me, but I'm trying to figure out for him, just dropping your name, they can, they can get off of him and come and come take you up because of what he said, like, well, and I, like, like, I like, like flips are earlier. There's no cameras back then. There's nothing. So, you know, I understand you saying now the co-defendant was limping. So that, to me, that makes a little more sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I get that. Okay, cool. He's limping. He got shot. All right, let's put it together. But for you, there's no story that lines up to it, no. it, it, it being you. So why didn't they keep him instead of you? You know what I'm saying? Like why they? What, what made them believe his word? Is what I'm trying to get at. Well, because one, because what we found out was he was an informant. Oh. Okay. That's one. Got it. Two, he, the police was they they needed an arrest. They needed an arrest. They didn't care. It wasn't personal to me. It wasn't like, oh, we want to lock this kid up. Okay, so he so I, I, it makes more sense. He was an informant, so he probably told on people before. Oh, yeah. And then so that they, they, they trust his word. So mm -hmm. if he says, yo, it was him, they're going to come get you. Right. right. So, gotcha. but what happened is this. A little bit of the law. What, when you... That's hearsay. Mm -hmm. A judge, whenever a police comes to your house or arrest you, they have to get a warrant, especially when they come into your house, mm -hmm. right? Judges, a judge is not really going to sign a warrant just on somebody saying. In the feds, that might fly, mm -hmm. but not in the state. In the state, you need what they call corroborating evidence. So he he... They couldn't get a warrant, so this is why they knocked on my door mm -hmm. and my sister opened the door. Didn't let them in, but they, they barged in and then lied, right? But they barged in, but they couldn't get a warrant. That's why they never put handcuffs on me. But they basically had me, like literally, like physically, had me like this, like right. walking me to the car, right? But they didn't put handcuffs on me. And that became, that, that's a good question that you asked because that became a point of argument in my trial, right? Because a lot of things come into play when when an arrest happens or if you feel you're not in custody. Because, some, you know, police can't question you about certain things. Because they'll ask you, like your Miranda warnings, you know, Miranda warnings is um, um, you have the right to remain silent, blah, blah, blah. In order for Miranda warnings to apply, you got to be arrested. But then guess what? Ask yourself, what do they consider an arrest? Is an arrest simply that you got handcuffs on you? An arrest is when you're not free to move. 
doesn't matter if you have handcuffs. If you're not free <coughs> to go or leave a room, you're under arrest, right? And so that was a point of argument because they was lying. They said, we never put handcuffs on him. He wasn't under arrest. But in all actuality, I was under arrest because I wasn't free to leave. But they believed him over that, over, over my word. They gonna believe them. Of course, of course. <laughs> you know, so, so, so that's how that went. And then um, I'm on Rikers Island. You know, but the whole time, you got to think how innocent, how innocent person think, especially when you're young. You believe in the system. Even if you're in the street, you believe in the system. You be think you, because growing up, you know, your parents always tell you, if you ain't did nothing, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Right. Yeah, even me, when, um, when I first heard they came and got you, you know, as the days went on, I said, man, he be home, he, he wasn't there. Everybody thought that, yeah. 18 and a half years went past. Word. Wow. And, 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 and you know, it was like, I didn't know the I didn't know the witnesses. I didn't know nobody except for my co-defendant. Right. Right? And he ain't saying I'm not with him. He mm -hmm. not saying I wasn't with him. Wow. And to be honest with you, I ain't ask him neither. Because I'm, we in the street, right? You still outside. Gotcha. So I knew what it was kind of like hitting for when it came to that, although I'm innocent, right? But at the same time, it's not my job to do that. I'm not the police. You are. So you do your investigation, whatever you come up with, that's what you come up with, right? right. I'm not going to help you, mm -hmm. but whatever you come up with, I didn't do it, though. You understand what I'm saying? And I wasn't there to say he did it. It's tough. Right. He did it. He did it though. Cause you shot him, so he had a gun. He did it. I can say that. This came out in court and everything. Mm -hmm. Like he came and admitted to it and all that. He did it. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But at the time, at the time, he only recently came out and said that. And he can't get he, he you can't retry him because double jeopardy. He beat he beat his case at trial. Mm -hmm. So what? Yeah. Guy who really did it, beat it. So wait, so I right. <laughs> and the other guy, the other guy. They said the, it was three people, but but they saying me and this kid was the shooter. The other one they saying was the driver. I understand. So you in there? They put y'all together. Walk us through what's going on because you. It said that you said that you were forced. Now. You always declared your innocence in this situation. Mm -hmm. So, so because when I read the story, you know, there's a certain detective. Was this detective at your home, or the detective was there at the precinct? The detective that everybody he came to, he came to my house and he was at the precinct. That same detective. That, that same detective. What's his name again? Detective Louis Garcella. Louis Garcella. Garcella. Yeah. Garcella. So. So let, let, let's go into it a little deeper. So they put you two together, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you with the guy. He's not saying you ain't do it, right? So we had in the cell. He not even say you in the cell together. Or you in the same room. We on Rikers Island. We on Rikers Island in the same building. C seventy three. He ain't saying nothing. Shit. He's not saying anything. Did you have a conversation? We had a conversation. The only thing I asked him was, who was with you? See, because. You gotta remember, I'm not thinking 
let's go back a little bit. Remember I told you that when you do the crooked cop in it, it made the situation worse. Yeah. Let me clarify that for you. At first, I was thinking the police made a mistake and locked the wrong person up. Got it. A mistake is different from setting up. As time went on, I started finding out that this wasn't a mistake, that they intentionally pinned this crime on me. Because now I'm asking my co-defendant, yo, the guy who you were shooting with, that guy's a mystery to this day. To this day. The guy who they said was me, he's a mystery to this day. I'm asking my co-defendant, the guy that was with you, Check this out, though, because my co-defendant, it's funny. My co-defendant don't even know him. I'm going to tell you how this happened. Something happens. A call is made. I know this person. I know this person. But y'all two don't know each other. Because I brought him to the table. And I brought him to the table. But y'all two don't know each other. Mm. And y'all two the one that's shooting. I'm driving. You understand? Mm -hmm. So I'm asking my co-defendant, the guy who you was with, is he dark-skinned? My co-defendant is light-skinned, fair-skinned. So I'm like, yo, is he dark-skinned? He like, no, he my complexion. So I'm like, hold up, that's not no, you can't, I'm black. I'm dark skin. You can't mistake light for dark. Right? And then I'm looking at the description on the 911 report. Like everything is saying light, light. How you go from light to dark? Like this, they was asking this in court. They the judge was asking the witnesses. Like, how did because they they're not gonna let you just say somebody, we you know, we duking it out. They asking questions like y'all asking. Well, how did the shooter look? Where was the shooter positioned at? You know, where were y'all at? Was the street lights on? What time it was? They're asking them every single thing, right? And they can't really. This is why when I get to trial, they asked two of the witnesses, which was a girl and a guy. And they asked them, do you see the guy in courtroom right now? Because um, you have to verbally, you have to, um, when you go to trial, you got to, the witness has to identify the perpetrator in court while you're on the stand. You can't get around that. Like, they'll ask the witness, um, do you see the person in court today that was shooting in front of 1750 Prospect Place on September, such as August 27, 1995? The witness has to say yes. He's sitting right there and point at you like that. That happens at every trial. They ask both of the witnesses that very same question, and they never could point me out. Remember, the only time you get to see who's testifying against you or who's telling on you is at trial. I never seen these people a day in my life till I got to trial. So remember, I'm being accused. So I'm adamant. I'm like, I'm going to trial. I want to see who's saying I did something. Like, I wasn't even in the area. And never been. I don't even know these people. That's how I'm on it. I'm like, I'm going to trial. I wasn't no copping out, no nothing. I'm going to trial because I want to see this. And exactly what happened, happened. I said, I know nobody could be able to look in my face and say I did something that they I didn't do. And that's what they did. They was looked at me and they said no. But the DA, you gotta remember, from the time the crime happened, the crime happened August 27, 1995. I went to trial in 1997. 
So I said, I don't write this down damn in two years, mm. right? Keep in mind, it's not like I'm sitting on Rikers Island and I'm in a and I'm in a and I'm in a fucking excuse me. I'm in a resort. Right. I'm on Rikers Island. Guys is getting cut, it's fights, all type of stuff happening. While I'm wrongfully accused. I reason why I'm playing that because I want to give you the experience of it not just being you're wrongfully accused and you locked up. Right. Right? You still gotta survive on Rikers Island. Mm -hmm. So while I'm while I'm going through that, I'm still fighting this case. And the the dude, the, the girl and the guy, they couldn't pick me out at trial. Um, but the DA, he covered that up by saying, listen, these witnesses picked him out in the lineup. The only reason why they're not picking him at trial right now is because the lapse in time, they don't remember no more. And the jury bought it. See, everything, and they didn't look close at a lot of other stuff, right? Like they said, I confessed to the crime. I don't know if you read yeah, that, right? Yeah, I read that, yeah. Okay, but if I confessed to a crime, they said I confessed to the crime. And that was one of the damning pieces of evidence that they had, right? But there was no recording or taping of it, even though they had one available. Like, they admitted that on the stand. Like, yeah, we had a tape. So you didn't ask him. And then he asked him, my lawyer, like, so if he was, because they, you got to remember, they can't say we beat him up in the precinct. They can't say, yeah, we kidnapped him. <laughs> right? Understand this. I did tell them, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. You know why? Because, yo, listen to me. I was kidnapped, bro. It wasn't no, this is a different situation than your normal situation. They literally came to my crib. Uh, they came to my crib, but my family didn't know where I was at. It ain't like they left and left a card and say, he's at, he's at this precinct. You know how many precincts all over the place? Mm -hmm. So they took me to the 90th precinct. No, my family don't know where I'm at. So now I'm sitting in the precinct, but I'm chilling. I'm sitting in the precinct, and because I'm thinking it's normal, I'm like, so I'm like, I'm telling them, yo, all right, listen, can I get a, can I get a phone call? They're like, nope. Can I speak to a lawyer? They're like, nah. All that, all that you see on TV about how things supposed to go, none of that was going like that. And they got on it like, you ain't leaving. So now, of course, you're going to be like, I don't care what you say. I didn't do nothing, and so what? I'll wait you out. So I'm sitting there, right? One hour go by, two hours go by, three hours go by, four, five, ten hours go by. Now, how many times can you tell somebody in that amount of time that you didn't do something? A million probably. So you know what I'm telling them, but they like, it's nighttime now. They came to my crib early in the morning. So, and then there's other detectives coming from different precincts because, like, the story is crazy. The guy who I was, they saying I was doing shooting with was already on the run for a homicide. Was already on America's Most Wanted. It just made everything a four-year girl. It's like whatever bad can happen, happen. Mm. So now you got detectives that was looking for this guy. They come to question me because they feel they I know where he was at. And all these things is happening. So they got me in a room and I said, you know what? 
I said, and then they started getting physical. That's where this cop comes in at. Detective. Now, after all the hours go by, hours, 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 hours go by, and then they see I'm not really, you know, a person who really did a crime, if you tell them I'm gonna put you in a lineup or, or, or somebody's telling on you, they might get a little scared. It didn't work on me. So I'm sitting there and it's frustrating them. They like, damn, this guy's sitting there. He don't look worried. And it kind of got them angry. So now the cop comes in. He like, excuse me. He's like, yo, you piece of, you know what I'm saying? You did this, you killed that little girl, blah, blah, blah. Yo, they stripped me naked. The dude choked me out. They like jumped me in the joint. They jumped me in it, right? So, but, but I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not physically hurt, bro. I'm not physically hurt. But the indications is scary because they is kind of on it like, you're not leaving here. That's number one. Forget that. And number two, I don't think you want to see where this is going. So it became more than just an arrest. If it was just an arrest, I wouldn't care because I know I ain't do it. I don't care. But now they acting like the police that had, what's the dude that got, um, they had in the precinct and they stuck the plunger and oh, tied the monster. Now I'm feeling like him. I'm serious. Now, I, you know, you probably don't hear this, you don't hear this type of stuff a lot. You don't hear when you got crooked cops doing things that, other than arresting. Right? They had a, a guy like that in Chicago. It was a big case in Chicago where a guy was wrongfully convicted, a lot of people. But he was electrocuting people and everything. He's taking people to the precinct, electrocuting them, beating them, torturing them, doing all type of stuff. So but you don't hear this a lot because, again, the topic of wrongful conviction don't get broached enough. But that's how they got me in the precinct. So I'm like, hold up. The first thing is survival tactic. All right, later for that. You can't scare me with jail, especially with something that, that I know I didn't do. So that wasn't working. Now I'm thinking, hold up. They got me in the room. I'm starting to notice. You know how like you, like like a like a bad horror movie, right? Like like you go to party with your friends and some something weird happened and you realize you in a room with just white people, there's no black people here, and then you like, damn, like that's how I'm starting to notice. Like, damn, I'm in a room. Damn, no, no, nobody know where I'm, where I'm at. That's what started dawning on me. I'm like, damn, they could do anything. So I'm like, I gotta get out this room. <laughs> That's why I gotta get out this room. But but I don't know the law. I remember I'm young. I don't know the law. He was like 18 at the time, right? Or, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if you tell police something, they go to the moon with it. They don't even care. They take the police word like it's gold. Mm. I don't know this though. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, I did it. They like, oh yeah, you did it? All right. Let me call the DA in here, but they tried to get a DA to come in there and record me saying that. But when the DA, see, all I wanted was somebody else to come to the room other than those detectives that was there. Right. I need a witness. That's how I'm thinking. So the, the DA comes. The DA comes with the tape recorder. That's why they questioned him about that in court, because I told him, nah, they had a tape recorder. DA comes with the tape recorder. Repeat what you said. I said, yo, listen, the police beat me up in here. But like, yo, he took the he took the recorder. He got mad because I didn't want to make the statement. He got mad, took the recorder, packed up and left. Didn't even do nothing. He didn't do nothing. 
and they just left him like a ghost. They like made it like he never even came to the precinct. Like they forced it the whole story. And then, so now they saying, but the only problem is two is two statements. It's one saying that I was, what I told you is true. It's one statement saying that I was at my friend's house when the crime happened. And then it's another statement saying that he confessed to the crime. So the, now they gotta figure out which statement is true. Again, they started going, they, they got what they call pretrial hearings. At your pretrial hearings, they figure out what could be used at trial and what can't be used at trial. Right. They said the statement that I was saying that was at my friend's house, they said it can't be used at trial. Like, my lawyer can't use it. Like, it's like I never made it, I never said it. You know why? They said because you wasn't read your Miranda rights yet when you said that. So that's, we, you can't use that. Yes, we only count in the statement that was made after we was read you your Miranda rights. So they took out the statement that was saying I wasn't doing it and used this statement. And went to trial with that. And they would say, oh, yo, he confessed to it. He confessed to the crime. He confessed to the crime. The only difference is I testified at my trial. And I got to say, oh, nah, that's a lie. That's this, that's that. The only problem is a four-year-old girl got killed. So it's mad. Come on. Like, think about when you watch the news. Take me out of it. Mm -hmm. Think about when you're sitting in your house, you watch the news, and they lock up, like, two teenage kids for raping a girl or doing something foul, right? What What are the comments that you say? He going to jail forever. Facts. Little bastard. He Look at him. Mm -hmm. Stupid. Like, you, you, you make these comments. Right. So what do you think they were saying? What do you think the public was saying? Four-year-old girl. Like, look at these stupid little guys, right? They out here shooting, shot that little four-year-old girl, that little pretty girl. Like, the pretty, you see it? He looking, you know? So it was public outrage. Right? It was public outrage. So they wanted somebody to go down for it. So it was easily to take a black kid from the hood and, and say that he confessed to a crime and that. Right. And so it took me two weeks to pick a jury. That's long for jury. People put jury one day. People ain't want to sit on a case. People like, yo, I got kids. I'm not sitting on the case. I'm finding them guilty. Really? Yeah, they wasn't even trying to hear it. it automatically, yo, you a child, you a murderer. You I'm telling you, that's how that's how they pumped the whole, they pumped it like a bunch of wild young kids was shooting, 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 and then end up shooting five people and killing a four-year-old girl. So, now you on trial, right? How, first of all, how you got out the, if, if he packed up, how did they, did they beat you up more or they just sent you back to the island? No, they, they, they the island, I mean. right, they sent me, they sent me, um, um, to, um, Brooklyn House. Mm -hmm. After they locked me up, they called the media. So when I'm, you know, they want to do the perp walk because they want to show that they locked somebody up for this case. So the media was out. I walked out, people screaming, you know, child killer, you know, going to jail, you ain't never coming home, blah, 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 blah. I leave. But my mindset, I'm not even paying no mind to that. I'm so naive to the system that even with all of this, I'm like, 
they gonna figure it out. You know what I'm saying? They making a mistake. Like they gonna figure it out. Cause I'm believe I believe in the system. Even, let me tell you something. Criminals, even people, they believe at the end of the day, no one thinks they're gonna ever get convicted for something they didn't do. If they, if anybody thinks about the system, it's always gonna be for something they did. No one will ever, even a criminal, won't think that they ever get locked up for something they didn't do. And then when you do get locked up, in my case, I have a co-defendant. It was not like me by myself. Where someone who's gonna step up and take that? Who's gonna step up? Who's gonna step up and say, I'm gonna get, um, I'm gonna step up and get forty years? Cause they was offering me a lot of time, like a lot, like 63 years, right? And then keep in mind, again, what I, they got a saying, um, what can go wrong will go wrong, right? It's just my luck that the day I get locked up, the very same day I get locked up, which was September 1st, 1995, they reinstated the death penalty in New York State. Hmm. A lot of people don't know that, right? It was outlawed in New York State for a long time. Mm -hmm. And they reinstated it, September 1st, 1995. And it didn't stay on the books for long. Mm -hmm. they, they took it back out, right? But the police is threatening us. I noticed th th there was another kid that I was locked up with who was also facing it. He got natural life right now. Um, but it was, it was crazy because the police is threatening me with it. They like, yo, yeah, you want me the first person. You killed that. You, you know, they threatening. They 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 want me to they want me to um and they didn't care if I lied. They really didn't care if I lied on saying who did it. They know I didn't do it. Right? But they got somebody. So they saying, listen, we just we just gonna we just gonna um we just gonna pin it on you. Of course I know I didn't do it. The world didn't. It didn't come out until years later, you know, because I'm at the trial, the, the, the two witnesses, they testified, you know, autopsy guy, you know, they, they embellished it real good. I testified, they went into my history, you know, and they convicted me, not only on the statement, but affiliations. Do you know this guy? Do you know that guy? Do you know that guy? And because I simply said that I knew these people, they made me guilty out of it. So the jury found you guilty? A jury found me guilty. A jury found me guilty. What were you sentenced to? I was sentenced to um, 15 to life. But Damn. I was sentenced to 15 to life. And it's, it's crazy because I think the judge kind of didn't want to do it because that the judge didn't give me the max. Even though I got 15 in life, that's the minimum. That was the minimum. A judge speaks through the sentencing. Even if the judge don't say nothing, if the judge feels like you're guilty, you're getting the max. If a judge feels like you're less blameworthy or that you didn't do it, because I got a jury trial. You have the option to go for a judge trial or a jury trial. I went for a jury trial. Usually a lot of people, that's why you see a jury. You don't rarely see judges on trials. The reason why is because a lot of times a lawyer would advise you 
you rather take your chances with 12 people than one person. Right? A judge is one person. If a judge finds you guilty, if you pick a judge, judge finds you guilty, judge gives you guilty. But with a jury, if one person feels that you're innocent, that's a mistrial right there. You only need one person. And so a lot of times they advise you to go a jury trial. So I went with a jury trial. But the judge, it seemed like the judge was way more kind of like sympathetic in a way. Like, I know he ain't do it, but I, I got to give him something. It ain't my decision. It's the jury's decision. They found him guilty. So I have to give him something. And she gave me the minimum. The judge can't over override that, right? Unless there's legal reason. But the judge can't override a, a jury's decision. Mm. You know? So... So, that's, that's yeah, so, um, you know, I was found guilty. And then, you know, of course, like I said, I'm young. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to jail. I'm fighting. I'm getting in the shit. I caught a new case in jail. Mm. You know what I'm saying? What was your first day like? Um, my first day was, um, it was, yo, let me tell you something. My first day I slept, like, <laughs> I slept and I was, um, and I was kind of like, it was almost like the Twilight Zone because I'm fresh off the street and and I'm still it's still not selling that I'm that like you got life, right? You know what I'm saying? And then remember, I'm on Rikers Island for two years, so now I'm about to go up north. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never been up north, so I'm about to go up north now. Now, now I'm 20. Remember, I was locked up for two years, so now I'm 20. They sent me to Elmira which was my first jail, you know, Elmira Mack. <laughs> and um, and I started my bid. My family was devastated. My mom's caught a stroke. Wow. You know what I'm saying? My mom's caught a stroke. And what's crazy, I didn't find out. I didn't find out that she caught a stroke. My mom's just so sweet and so protective. She didn't even tell me she had a stroke. Because she thinking that, oh, uh, I'm gonna be bugging out in jail or it's gonna whatever. Right. She didn't tell me. It slipped out on a visit five years later. Look, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Was it hard for you on the island in jail? No. <laughs> no, no that's it. Wasn't. It wasn't. Look at you now. It wasn't. There you go. Now we see the true color. <laughs> so, innocent man goes to jail. You know, <laughs> and it's not hard for you at all. No, it wasn't hard because I tell you something. I had right here. See my man. He, he looking. He looking at you. Look, no, look I had. No, nah. I had. A, I had a lot of luck. Let me tell you something. I went to go see him all the time. He went to go and we, see we, me and everything. He knows the visit rooms, man. Yeah. Chill. Yeah. Wasn't no hard he was there from beginning to end. Yeah. yeah. For what? Yeah. 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 Always, man. Yeah. What you was doing up there? Just going to visit. I never been on the other side of the. Oh, ever. okay. Yeah, I only yeah, been on ever. the visit side. We good dudes. Listen, the what 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 the thing is, the thing is this. Um, I always tell people that I think I had a guardian angel. I'm gonna be honest with you, right? Not to get on no religion, no spookism, none of that. Mm -hmm. I really think that I had a guardian angel. You know, people don't make it to people, everybody don't make it out of jail. And you only get to see the people who come out. That's right. one thing about 
that's the misconception, right? The people on the street that never been to jail, they only get to see the people that made it out, right? You don't get to see the people that is not making it out. You don't get to see the people that's going to die in jail, that died in jail on death row. You'll never get to see them. You only get to see the dudes that's coming home. Right. And that creates a sort of misconception. Um, me, um, you know how Jay-Z got that line, show you how to move in a room full of vultures? Mm-hmm. Right? I knew how to move. I was groomed and raised by... Um, with solid principles I'm talking about for my family right. and then in the street I was given solid principles in the street so that all together with knowing how to move um, um, kind of protected me through prison I, I didn't go through a lot of the stuff that other people went through right um, like some of the some of the real tough like people that was getting into stuff in prison, I would be they I would be cool with them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because it was just because of um, energy. Energy, and I and I think all of us do that, right? You ever go somewhere, wherever you at, club, you out and about, um, you get vibes from different people. Facts. You know, you get around some people and they didn't do anything. You just didn't, you just didn't get a good vibe from them, mm-hmm. right? And then some other people, you don't know them from a hole in the wall. You just, they just give off a, a like a cool sort of energy, right? Remember at the beginning of the show, he said, "Oh man, you, you, I can, you know, you looking cool." But it's really my personality, though. You know what I'm saying? And and, and not the cool part. I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the um um uh, people being able to be themselves around me. Right. Right? In prison, that means a lot. Because you got to remember, if you're a tough guy, you're wearing a, a face. You're wearing a mask. You are. I don't, you, true. You're wearing a mask because at the end of the day, you're human. <laughs> right? You are human. Mm-hmm. And you do feel vibes like everybody else do. And guess what? Um, everybody wants to trust somebody. Everybody wants somebody that they could talk to. So nobody tried you in jail? Yeah, people tried me. Okay, that's awesome. But 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 not a lot. But not a lot. Um I was lucky in this sense. I was lucky because of the people I was affiliated with. Mm-hmm. I was lucky because of the people that I knew. And a little a, a little bit to do. I never proclaimed to be the toughest guy. I mean I'm far from a punk, but but I don't think it would be it would be misleading, I think, for me or for anybody to say that their brawn or their toughness is what kept them out of trouble in jail. Because it's people just as tough as you or tougher. Right. <laughs> I mean, you think you're tougher than you're not Superman. Mm-hmm. Right, you're gonna meet somebody just as ignorant and stupid as you. I mean, you're in, well, you think you're not in church, you're in jail, you're in prison with the where they send the most ignorant people. <laughs> so, if you think you're scaring somebody, I mean, it's, it's a million attitudes like that running around, right? So, it's not that that's gonna get you through, trust me. So, the ones who tried you, like, what made them try you? Like, what, what was their reasoning for trying you? <clears throat> um, well. 
to be honest with you, if there was once, it was it was two situations actually, and 18 and a half years is two situations, um, with inmates because I had situations with police too, mm. but with inmates, tried me. I didn't really have that many problems with inmates, but um. It was it was it was two situations and it's just it's just when you put for example uh, um, and this was close to me going home. How could you put um, fifty people in a room with one TV? You don't think it's gonna be a fight? Of course, I mean, but isn't it? Yeah. How you put fifty people in a room with one two phones? <laughs> no, how do you put this? But this is what I'm saying. This why. This is why situations happen. Yo, this guy's. A, yo, just tell us what happened with you, man. Bring us around the corner. No, it's, it's it's nothing. Was hypothetical. What did you do? Did you have a fight over the TV or the phone? What did you get involved in? Man? Oh, both. It, yeah, Jesus. both. Right, both. Yeah, man. both. No, both. Uh huh. Both. Both. What you trying to watch? No, I ran. No, what it is is because it's one TV. And that's why I was playing. Because it's one TV, there's a schedule. Oh. I did the schedule. I was the guy that did the schedule. But remember, you got 50 people. You got Spanish dudes. You got white dudes. They want to watch racing. You got the Spanish dudes. They want to watch this. So it, it was created over that. A dude made a comment. Yo, you want, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing the schedule Trying to be as fair as possible. <laughs> right? Sports is coming on. Sports is coming on. Playoffs is on. It's coming on. Some people don't watch. Right. But I'm putting on sports. You know, people just not going to like certain things. But you got to be kind of like a tough guy to be able to do the schedule because people will bogart you. Right? right? Like, you know, homies, the bloods will come and say, yo, listen, you put this on. And everybody else be mad. But I was one of the dudes that was fair. So... This one guy, he wanted to watch something. And I didn't put it on. So he got upset. And he said, you wouldn't do this. He said, you wouldn't do this. What was crazy was this was, I was almost, I had, at this time I had like about maybe 16 years in. Hmm. I was much bigger than what you see now, right? And he, he made a statement saying like, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't, because I was in a house that was real cool. I'm telling you, I'm a cool guy. I was in a house that was cool. Wasn't no violence, right? The police was cool. It was a cool house. Wasn't no fighting over there. This guy says, you were not going to do that, what you just did with the TV in the wild house. Well, the wild, all the stuff is happening. All the gang members and stuff is happening. So it kind of offended me, but I didn't care. I said, and, but then he made a statement. I keep, I keep my knife on. I keep my, you know, my, my razor on me. Or my gun on me. So I said, okay, well, I keep mine on me too. What's up? And it, and, it, and it escalated from there, right? Which I didn't really want it to, right? So I went and got my knife and I told him, we don't have to scream or discuss anything any further since you feel like that. Just come to the bathroom. Hmm. And he's seen how serious I was, and I was serious because I'm not selling no wolf tickets. If you come in the bathroom, I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> and I was saying, to, no, in the back of my mind, no, in the back, of, in the back of my mind. Oh, you said it like that, eh? uh, yeah, no, because in the back of my mind, I'm saying, I hope he don't. 
come in the bathroom. I hope he don't come in the bathroom, right? Because it's a serious situation. I got a knife this big, right? That is no question that if you use it, it's going to be a serious situation. Oh, that's serious. So it's no... And then you, if you come in the bathroom, I can't say, oh, no. I, like, you know what I'm saying? I done invited you to the bathroom, and you have a weapon. So he ain't come in the bathroom. That's why, I, that's why I speak about the guardian angel. He ain't come in the bathroom. Like, he had better sense. And in the back of my mind, I was saying, I hope he don't come in the bathroom, because if he comes in the bathroom, then I'm going to stab him. There's another situation in Clinton. I was in Clinton Correctional Facility with a blood dude, and... um. Um, the phones is crazy. It's crazy. The things that people go to war for and fight for in jail is like so they say the petty phones are like and nothing. Number one, number one joint. Yeah, but here's the difference: when people usually talk about phones and the violence behind phones, they're usually talking about Rikers Island. Mm. Because upstate, I tell you the difference: Rikers Island had free phones for years. Free. Upstate ain't have free phones. You gotta pay. <laughs> like your family gotta have um, the block off the phone, and they gotta pay. So that's why the violence up north over phones was kind of lessened than Rikers Island. But in Clinton, they have like maybe like twenty phones. That's one of the biggest jails in state. Mm-hmm. Hold over two thousand inmates. So at any given time, there's 150, 200 inmates waiting on fifty phones. So it's crazy. So one time I had next on the phone and a blood dude grabbed the phone, like tried to skip me. And I grabbed the phone and and it's crazy because again, guardian angel. Um, I was armed. He didn't know I was armed, so it could have been easy. Right? And another blood dude that was standing next to me said, Yo, nah, homie. Get on this phone. Wow. I'm talking about we literally got the phone like this. He got the phone in his hand, and I got the phone in my hand. Stranger, I don't know him. He like, yo, I got next. I'm like, yo, you don't got next. How you got, how how you got next? And that was the one thing, that was the one thing. Again, I'm a nice guy, but I'm a quick reactor. Because you're from the streets. Of course. Of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, of of course. No, it's 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 we not suckers, you know. We not suckers. We just not. Well, you not a sucker. Of course. Well, well, I mean, I mean, my circle, the group, the group of friends that I grew up with, right? The guys that I grew up with, you know, in prison. You gotta remember, and there's a heavy, a heavy, heavy, heavy presence, not only of Brooklyn but of Fort Green people in jail. So when I say I'm lucky, that's not no tough stuff. Lucky is lucky. I'm lucky that I knew these individuals. I'm pretty sure you've been in situations where because of who you knew or who you was affiliated with, not that you was protected, but you was letting the club or you got some advantages for no, knowing certain yeah, people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or being affiliated with certain people. And I got those advantages. Right, I got, and then I wasn't a troublemaker. I'm more of the guy that was trying to get out of jail. I'm not a jail guy. <laughs> I'm a guy that's trying to get out of jail. I'm in the law library. Um, and and people is like, people will tell you this though. 
right? Because it's not like I went to jail and did two weeks. Mm. I was in every single maximum security prison they have. All the worst ones, too. And I was in the box for a lot of times because, remember, I'm growing up in jail. I did all my 20s in jail, and then all my 30s in jail. I'm 44. So I'm doing the stuff that people doing in the street, I'm learning in jail. Like, I was hustling in jail. I'm smoking weed in jail. I mean, that stopped. It took a long time. I'm going to 22. I'm in jail. I got life bid. I'm not looking forward to going home. All I'm doing is fighting my case and hoping. You know what I'm saying? So, you get sentenced 15 to life. You go to jail. All right, you go, you go, you go state. And, you know, you have your incidents. What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to figure out is that you caught another case in jail mm-hmm. four years in, right? Yeah, just about. 2000? Yeah, just about, like around 2001, somewhere around there. And it says that you had a, uh, a weed cigarette with heroin in it. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. It was, no. I, what it was, I was hustling in jail. And, and I was in Clinton. And somebody, um, somebody came, had some dope and some weed on me. I had some dope, you know, selling weed. And um, somebody came to buy some dope for me. Like, a guy said, yo, I got some cash. I'm going to go get it. So I said, all right, go get it. And I was with, like, a couple of other individuals. I said, I'm going over here. You know what I'm saying? We're going to roll up some weed and go chill. And the police was, like, watching them. And, um. The police came and took us in and, and, and searched us and and found found the weed, found one bag of heroin, mm. one bag, one. They you, gave had me, to, you had to go to court for that. They gave me, uh, listen, in prison, court, they put, I was on the news. Like, you got to remember, I'm in Hicktown, nothing happens up there. Like, being prosecuted in the maximum security prison makes big news in that town. I'm in Dannemora, New York. There's nothing happening there. So stuff like that would be on the news, local news. They had it on the news. They took me to court. And I ended up <clears throat> copping out to that case. I copped out to one and a half to three on top of the 15 of life. Mm. That was over a concurrent? No. Consecutive. Consecutive. So, on top of me being wrongfully convicted for the crime and the time I got, now I got a case, and I got a cop out to that. So, now tell us when you started to see, all right, so jail, you didn't have any problems, you was a cool dude, you know what I mean, you had the two, you know, Green. You know, you're a real silly guy. I'm gonna find out more. <laughs> silly guy. You, know, you act like you're talking to the kids in, in, in Pace University. No, like, that... oh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you talking to flip the script? Like, you talking, G? No. Like, like he trying to have a back. Like, what you doing with a long knife? No, because you know why? All right, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you. Let me. Let me tell you why, G. Let me tell you why. Because it's a thin line. It's a thin line it's a thin line between promoting and being a deterrent. Mm. It's a very thin line. And I think that um, 
what I want, what I would like to do, right, is people um, to look at, um, flip the script or look at this interview and say, you know, um, and be aware that things like this is happening, right? And get a get the real experience of 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 prison. At least take something from it, right? Mm -hmm. At least take something from it. So that's sort of that's sort of like my goal. Like, of course, you know, in a in a span of eighteen and a half years, there's a lot that took place. There's a lot, but again, this is an evolution, right? This is an evolution for me being locked up from 18, 19, to me coming home at 39 years old, right? Of course, in the beginning, in the beginning, I was doing all the fighting, right? We were doing all the fighting. I never was with a gang, though. I never joined a gang. Um, but again, one of the things that you could take away from, from that is, I'm telling you, because gangs is heavy in prison. It's heavy. And so one of the things that, um, in speaking about wrongful conviction, in speaking about what took place in jail, in speaking about my prior arrest, is that people get to see that it ain't all what it's cracked up to be. Mm -hmm. And I have to almost give it up like that, right? Only because I follow your show. And I know what it may seem with other guests. I know what it may seem, not that anybody's doing that, right? But again, I think that this platform and people that look at this, they deal with prison a lot, you know? They deal with prison a lot. And they ain't really get to hear from somebody that um, that did this amount of time for something they didn't do. A lot of people is gonna tell in that situation. A lot of people in prison told me to tell in that situation. So the street game for me is like a mirage. You know, in a in a in a, in a desert, how you see some water, right. mm -hmm. and then when you get close, there ain't no water. <laughs> That's what the street game is for me, because I was around. Listen, this guy from uh, uh, paid in full, the guy who um, allegedly killed. Uh, tied up the family and, and they had him as the guy that Cameron killed in the movie. I was upstate with him, watching Peyton Fall. So I was around real gangsters and real guys that that did shit, excuse me, um, that did stuff, right? Amityville Horror, the movie. I was in jail with these guys. In the jail, like, how me and him sitting here right here, talk to these guys. Um, the guy that killed John Lennon, Right? He's not in population, everybody tell you that. But I was in Attica box. I was in the box in Attica. And he's there. So these people, you know, it's not just people in the street that's shooting people or drug dealers. It's serial killers in there. It's you know, and 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 and, and people need to understand like mass rapos. You're around these guys, you're not just around drug dealers, the guys who shot people in the street, you're around all type of people. White, black, Chinese, mob, everything. They're all there. So, and innocent. And innocent, right? And not everybody 
is going to take the route again the individuals that i that i dealt like i sat there and talked to these guys and these guys say that's why i say i'm cool because i took to these guys these guys from everywhere cross from the bronx these dudes that's locked up that's all over don diva all these i was in a jail with them and these guys talk to me for real they don't talk the tough talk this guy said damn i'm gonna go home man my mom's is about to die he's gangster but that's real I don't care how tough you are. Who who wants to be in jail when their moms are dying? Or their kids growing up, right? Real conversation. So I was around a different demographic of people upstate, right? People that trying to kick it with people that was Black Panthers and, and stuff like that. A kid named Dune Jalil, he got like 30-something years. And, you know, but, you know, gangster dudes too. But dudes who was who had a little something on their on they mind. Like my childhood friend, he's 16, he was 16 years old. We, we got locked up around the same time. He got a master's degree. These are the individuals that I'm dealing with, people that's coming out. And, and you'll see the result in that when you get out of jail, right? What, you, what did you do? What did you do while you was in prison? Right, did you run around and gang bang or did you run around and try to elevate yourself. You have two different breeds of people, and that's sort of like what I would like to also, you know, show with that, that you don't always have to be like this, right. right? And you can be in that situation wrongfully. That can happen to anybody tomorrow. Trust me, it's happening. I hope that the world, I hope our community don't think that they watch Law and & Order and they watch Columbo and think that police is that good. <laughs> They're not. Right, they lazy, they don't like paperwork, and if you think they're gonna do an intense investigation, they like to find people easy. That's why they like rats so much, right? Because it makes their job easy. There's no real investigative work. Like I can get anybody locked up by just going to the police right now and say, yo, you know he committed that murder. And if somebody, listen, that cop got a, a, a female named Teresa Gomez to testify on six separate homicides. That's that easy. Tell us when you started to see the light to come home. About, um, about maybe about fifteen years in, about fourteen and a half years in. Um, I was, I I called my mom's every day. And one day I had called my mother and she said, um, I think that police that locked you up, you, you gotta remember like a decade and a half went by. So she like, I think that police that locked you up was in the paper for for doing some some corrupt stuff. So I said, what? I said, what's his name? She said, Louis Garcella. I said, oh, no, nah, that's him. I said, send me the paper. She mails the paper to me. Three days later, I get the paper. But now, I'm getting member. I got 16, because I caught the new, it was 15 in life, and I caught the new charge, so I made my whole bit 16 and a half to life. So, remember, I got like 14 and a half, 15 years in. So now I'm getting close to the board when I'm finding this out. So, I, the first thing I did was, um, I was talking to this old time, and he was like, yo, you need to, um, he was like, yo, you need to write Ron Kuby. Ron Kuby is um, he's a well-known lawyer. Um, he said, you need to write Ron Kuby. 
So I write Ron Kuby, and then I wrote the New York Post, and they responded immediately. See, I didn't know. I didn't know that the cop, like it exploded in the street. I didn't know. And then I wrote the DA's office. The DA's office said, um, they wrote me back and said, I said, I, I told, I wrote them and said, I've been wrongfully convicted and the cop that locked me up that y'all investigating that was in the paper, Louis Garcello is the one that locked me up. They wrote me back and said, we, we acknowledge that Louis Garcello um, locked you up and that we started an investigation in your case. And, we collected all the paperwork in your case and we're looking into it. That's what they wrote back and told me. Hmm. And like they didn't even tell me they was looking into my case to see if I was innocent. I had to write them for to get that response. And then the post, um, a female by the name of Simone Weichenbaum, she she got in contact with me and she did an on-phone interview and did an article. And right when all of that was happening, I went to the board. No, I didn't go to the board yet. I went to my first board, and it didn't. The story didn't break yet. So when I went to my first board, I admitted to the crime. I told them I did it. When you admit that, it makes it easier. Yeah, they, want to they don't. That. No, they don't play. That is not a joke. They don't. The board is like, they don't play. People scared of them because they so strict. It's your life. You in there? You in there talking literally for your life, and they could play with your life for the rest of your life. I got life, so it ain't like I got two to four. I got a max, or you know, I got life. So what I say is is important, and I had to struggle with confessing to. Do I admit to a crime I didn't do, or do I tell them I did it? But if I tell them I didn't do it, they gonna they gonna they gonna they're going to hit me, and then that I had to struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and I couldn't get a solid answer from nobody, none of my homies, none of my friends. Some people felt like, ah, you did the time, you might as well admit to it. Mm-hmm. And then some people felt like, oh, man, I ain't never admitting nothing I ain't do. I couldn't get no clear, concise answers, just mixed, mixed answers. So I just went in there and just said, yo, I did it. It, it weighed it better for me, I thought to admit to it than to not. I admitted to it and they denied me anyway. They gave me two years, two more years. Um, They denied me and gave me two more years. So now, 2011, I go see the first board. They give you two years. I got to go back in 2013. Between 2011 and 2013, the story broke. So when I went back to the second board, now I'm saying, hold up. You see this right here in this paper? Um, that what I told you two years ago, I I, I lied. So now they like, because you got to remember, there's a stenographer there mm-hmm. that takes down everything you say. This is why you can't really change. Once you say something, you stuck with it, because they're going to go right back. So, and when I told him that, he was like, um, well, when you came to your first parole board, you admitted to the crime. So I said, yeah, because I have nothing tangible to show you. And I don't think you would have took my word for it on face value if I tell you I'm innocent. Right. I could tell it made all the sense to him in the world. He like, yeah, you're right, because we ain't we wasn't gonna believe you. You know, I seen it in his feet and say that, but I can see it in his face like, 
Yeah, you're right. So, you know, they looked at all the paperwork. The dude, the guy who testified against me, his name is Sharon Ivory. The the little girl was his cousin. Mm. Um, he wrote a letter. He apologized to me. He wrote a letter and said that he's sorry for um, testifying against me and that he lied. Um, but I, I'll give you I'll give you one better. There's a lot. There's a lot that you're not gonna read about. The that kid. Let me tell you how calm. Let me tell you about this guardian angel. Show you how it's real. That kid, you know where he's at right now? That testified against me? His, that's his cousin that got killed. You know where he's at right now? He's in prison for murder. But it's not just what he got locked up for. It's that he's locked up for murder. It's how it happened. He, now you know my case. He came to testify at my hearing to say that he was lying. And while he was there, he says, they asked him, why are you locked up? He says, well, my girlfriend was messing with a guy. And I went to the house to get my TV. Me and my girl broke up. And I went to the house to get my TV. And him and the guy got into an argument. He pulls out a gun and shoot the guy. The bullet goes through the guy, hit his baby moms and the baby. see how you know and now he's locked up <coughs> so now he's like you know it's just so it just was so crazy how it happened you testified against me a lot on me mm-hmm. right and now you locked up for that but he came and told the truth later on years later of course, but he came and said, I lied all those years later. But he's a grown man. Remember, when he did this, he was like 17. Right, right. Now he's a grown man because this is, this is now 2018. Man. So it was, it was, it was, it was, and, and you know, the cop is still, um, they found out that they opened up, they ended up opening up this whole caseload. And they found out he'd said that he worked on about 300 and something murders. So now, I don't know if you noticed, but probably 85% of the people you see on TV coming home is from him mm. that been exonerated. So, so what made him look into his case? He, um, one of his cases was, a, a, sad to say that, um, a lot of attention when stuff happened in the urban community is not a lot of attention as it w- it would happen if it happened to a white person. Mm-hmm. One of the first people who cracked the case was a guy by the name of David Ranter. He was locked up for killing a a rabbi. Big case. This cop locked him up, but he didn't do it. He ended up serving twenty four years, and they found out. When he came home, it, they start looking at him. But what really, um, what really opened up a case? There was there's a lady named um, Frances Robles. She works for um, 
the Miami Herald and worked for them for about 20 years. She was one of the correspondents on the Trayvon Martin case. She came to New York. She's an investigative reporter. Uh, she came to New York, and she's actually the one that cracked the case. She started investigating the cop, um, some inmates wrote her. She looked into the cop, and she started finding weird patterns. The cop is, is like, uh, like I was telling you before, he's like um, Denzel Washington in Training Day, but worse. Um, he's connected to the mob. His brother committed suicide. His brother was a cop, too. His brother committed suicide during this whole scandal. Um, it got to the point where um, there's a dude named Ken Thompson, God bless the dead. He ran for um, Kings County District Attorney. He passed away. Um, but he ran his campaign on wrongful conviction and won in Brooklyn. Black, the first black DA in Kings County. He beat Charles Hans out. Charles Hans was there forever. He was there for seven terms. He was a Democrat. Demo, um, Brooklyn is primarily Democratic. So he won. This black guy came and beat him at the um, and won and started exonerating a lot of people. Hmm. But he died. He died like 18 months, which was sad. He died like 18 months in the office. But he the one that blew up the cop as well. And then it became a fight. The reason why I'm explaining all of this is because it became political. The cops said, it's y'all. And they said, it's the cop. So now they it's infighting going on even right now. It's infighting. The cop is, they don't want to lock the cop up. It's already, they, they already exonerated about 15 homicide cases. There's lawsuits all over the place. Um, They don't want to lock the cop up because in one of the articles he said, he said, um, this is not the Louis Scarcella show. He said, I'm just a cop. I don't take people to trial. He had a point. So now, you got to involve DAs. You got to involve other cops. You got to even involve judges. Mm. And they got a popular saying that says the system will never indict itself. Mm. So... Now they saying, "Damn, we can't even put him on the stand because if we put him on the stand, he's he's already saying that he's gonna implicate a lot of people. So what they doing is they just exonerating people, paying them some money, and sweeping it under the rug. So when people ask, where's the cop? If they prove all this, how is he still walking around? That's why. Cause is he, he in New York again? No, he's in New York. He's he's." He's he's arrogant. He's he's Italian. He's and he's like a TV Italian. Not like his family was really in the mob. He smoked big cigars. He's one of those type of guys. So he he don't have sympathy for the situation. He don't even feel that he's wrong. You know. So he he feels like he was doing a good job, and he he doesn't admit to anything though. He, he lies at, at my hearing. He says, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't, can't remember. Recall. I can't mm -hmm. recall. The reason why the judge reversed it was because the judge said, you know what? The judge didn't believe him. But the judge said, it seems like you are trying to distance yourself from any problem. Because what he told them was, he said, I just went to Mr. Moses' house, picked him up, and took him to the precinct. Literally. That's he said that's all I had to do with his case. 
when he questioned me, beat me up, all of that. But he went in court and switched everything. He said, I don't, I don't even know what y'all talking about. All I did was went to his house and took him to the precinct. After that, I had other business at the DA's office. I left. I never seen him again. Mm. This is what I'm saying. They just lied like crazy. They took a whole story and flipped it on his head. And it, this is what makes it unique is because I ain't never think nothing like that can happen. Like, I literally never thought that that you can be, like, police can put you somewhere. Like, right now, we're here, and they can say you was across town doing something that you wasn't doing. Mm. I never think, not, now, I, I know you could get accused of it, but as far as going to, getting arrested, like, where you getting the evidence from? So, that's what, that's what kind of, like, you know, it was unbelievable in, 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 in that sense. You know what I'm saying? And then the, it causes a lot of turmoil because the, 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 the mother of the victim still think I did it. The young girl. Yeah. She was adopted. But her, her family, the adopted mother, feels like I did it. Mm. But it's sort of like, and I don't, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not angry at her nothing because she lost a you know she lost a child, yeah. and the police misled her. At this point, you know I know it's probably devastating for her. For, you know, after all these years go by, to see it pop up again. You know, so I understand her point of view, even though it's not a, um, a correct one, but I understand it. So, you know, but it's tragic. That's what one of the things we advocate for is is um them doing lineups different and how they interrogate people. You know, we, we want video for everything. So, you know, it's tough in that sense. It's tough in the sense of trying to get reform as it comes to getting them to handle people different in the street. Right. You know, it, it, it's, it gets a little difficult with that because Again, there's a lot of corruption in it. So now you you, you come home. Let's let's jump to that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's that day like for you? The first day coming out. Um, the first day was was it was like it was crazy because I I have I wasn't in a vehicle for a long time. My lawyers came to pick me up, mm -hmm. and like I'm way upstairs. I'm on the border of Canada, and um. And I never forget, like when I came out, got in the car, we was riding for a little while. I threw up. Yeah, I got sick and threw up because of, you know, just just being out. You know what I'm saying? Just moving around and being out was, yeah. it felt crazy. You know what I'm saying? It felt crazy. But it was weird because after doing 18 and a half years, just you just get spit out of prison. Yeah. I didn't really. I thought I was going. I ain't gonna lie. I thought that, you know. It was, t it was hard. For, I didn't think I was going to get out. Right? Because it's hard to get out on a life bed. Yeah. It's hard to get out on a life bed. And then I wasn't a good inmate. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like I wasn't a model inmate. Right? One of those inmates that... Hustling. Money. Right. 
Right, 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 right. So that's not, that's not, that's not. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to jail. I didn't turn Muslim. You know, I didn't, I didn't go into gangs. You know what I'm saying? But again, um, there's a heavy presence of Brooklyn in jail, right, in prison. So you're gonna know a lot of people if you from. And, and if you was like kind of out there, you just gonna know a lot of people because you know half of my project was locked up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So being on Rikers Island, <clears throat> going up north and seeing people and stuff like that, you know, it, it was more like, oh shit, look a little, you know, oh look a little so and so. Oh, you locked up for something you ain't do? That's crazy. I heard about it. I seen it on the news. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people who heard about the case also heard that somebody that didn't do it got locked up for it so that was that was also that was a rumor for some people some people felt like you know you did some people felt like i did do it some people felt like i did do it but the people who knew me really knew me and like a lot of my projects they was like the guy that's the guy that's innocent is locked up for that um Real quick, uh, and this is my last question. I got two, two final questions. Um, first question is, what was the, what was it like being locked up with the guy that your co-defendant? Well, he didn't go to jail because he was found. He, he did acquitted. go to jail. They didn't say he got acquitted. Yeah, for the murder and for attempt murder, but he, he remember he shot himself. So, so they guys? found him guilty for a gun, even though they didn't have a gun. So yeah, was you was with him on Rikers Island, out of state. Okay, so you never saw him after that. Um, nah. And the guy that actually after I came home, yeah, home, but not and, and, and he actually admitted that he did it. Yeah. To to the police. At my hearing, yeah, because after I, after I was released, remember, I'm released out of jail, but I still is a convicted mm-hmm. murderer. So I still have to go to court even after it. coming home yeah. and fight it. It took me four and a half years. It took me four and a half years after coming home in 2013 to get actually exonerated. Did you sue the city? And state. You got paid? For one. Yeah, gee. I mean, you know, he's seen the drills. Yeah, he got, he walked ahead, Shauna, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? No, but, I, but, but yeah. I'm, yeah. no. Come on, stop it, man. No, oh. no, but. Come on, man. No, but I've done a lot. I've done a lot. I've done a lot. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's But I've done a lot. I came home. <laughs> right, right. But I came home. But look, I came home. It's not like I came home and they just say, here. I came home, right, with everything is a process with the court. Moves like a turtle. Facts. If you think they, first of all, trying to get money from any state entity is hard. They're not they giving you no money. You know what I'm saying? And if they is giving you money, they try to lowball you. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, how much money do you give a guy of 18 and a half years that's locked up? Think I about some that. Some of the places they give you a certain amount for every day you was locked up. New York is one of the most liberal places when it comes to giving money for wrongful convictions. You want to be in New York. Other states have a cap 
some some states have a cap. It's like I don't care how much time you you did, you only get twenty thousand. Some states have that cap. New York don't have a cap. New York pay you according. They pay you according to your time, but more more so what you what you've been through. Understood. Your mm -hmm. pain and suffering, right? So, cause a lot of a lot of people passed away in jail. Yeah. A lot of people got stabbed and cut in jail. Some people got sodomized in jail. Right. So, you know, I like to, I like to, I like to put out the realities of the situation. Right. There's guys like me that been wrongfully convicted that can't read. Like I never met anybody illiterate when I was home. Mm. I never met anybody that couldn't. I'm not. I'm talking about really can't read and write. Like not, oh, you just on a eighth grade reading level. I'm talking about can't read and write. I did not. I didn't experience that, and I didn't experience AIDS like until I went to prison. Like met somebody that really had it. Wow. Like all of these experiences. I wasn't home for Jay Z. A reasonable doubt came out. I was locked up. Right, so I missed his whole era. I'm just, I'm just, it just lets you know, like, life of just gonna pass you by. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like people say, damn, you was that whole era you wasn't locked. You know, people, he's so big, he's an old time in the game now. People say, but damn, you didn't even, you wasn't even home for none of that for that whole time. Right. And I say no. You know, I, I'm still trying to get my guy to watch The Wire, man. Oh wow. Right, The Wire, like all of that, all of that stuff. I couldn't see it. Like I, yeah. I learned how to drive when I came home. All of these, all of these different things. Like wow. I ain't know how to use a, a um a metro card. I don't know how to use a cell phone. Period. Like all of these things, all of these things is hmm. is just you know ain't ain't spend real time with a female. I had a son before I got locked up. Of course, I'm talking about I wasn't a virgin, but I'm talking about yeah, yeah. we talking about real time. We talking about vacations, really going out, doing stuff with a female. Teenager, you ain't. You caught up with all that anyway. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. I yeah. caught up. I caught. I, I definitely caught up with that, and I, I definitely caught up with that, and still catching up with it. You caught up with mm. your fashion too. Bro. Oh no, I never lost it. <laughs> I never lost it. I never lost it. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Close. No, I'm gonna tell you why. No, I'll tell you why. Because I had connection, because I still was connected to the street. In this, in this sense, people wrote me and came to see me. That's different. Let me tell you, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Penitentiary, where old time he said, it's an old movie, right? But the old time he said, listen, man, when I was home, they didn't even have TVs yet, right? So I don't have no place in society. Like, he was lost. And I told, oh, I'm gonna get you sucker. When a guy came home with the big shoes and 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 and, and old hat, right? Now these are guys that stuck in time. Usually, when you see a, a flick of, of 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 prison, they they usually always show one of those type of guys, right? Mm -hmm. That's outdated, stuck in time. The reality is that those type of guys exist, but those are type of guys that they don't get visits, they don't mm -hmm. get letters, they don't get on the phone. And they don't get pictures. He just told you, right? I remember me talking to my friend, like, yo, I would ask questions, like, yo, what are they listening to? Like, what kind of music are they listening to? Mm -hmm. 
And God said, yo, man, they listen to Nelly now, man. Right? And, you know, I kept up because I had people to talk to to tell me that, though. Right. right? So I wasn't, so now it ain't like I'm coming home in 2013, right? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not like I'm coming home in 2013 and stuck in 1995. I got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, I read a lot. I, you know, I spoke to people. So, you know, I was abreast of certain stuff. I just wasn't there. Right, the whole tunnel era, and when when people was like, you know, you know, my friends would talk to me, yo, man, yo, New Year's people did this, yo, we did that, yo, this is happening, that's happening, this is happening, this is happening. So I kept, but then I I did meet individuals upstate that, like, I was in a box with a dude, like, he ain't speak. Come on, that's unheard of. He ain't been on the phone in fifteen years. Hmm. He ain't get nobody's writing him. Right, not a not a family member, not a friend, not a homeboy, not a homegirl, nothing. His whole world is in that jail. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It was different with me, so I was, I you know, and you see people like that. They ain't got no family. Young dudes, you know, Kaksaki and Green is the juvenile penitentiary. Kaksaki is the juvenile max. Green is the juvenile medium. Medium is. Um, you know the difference between the yes, two? Yes, we know. And what's the time and everything? Like, what ca what makes you go to a max and what makes you go to a medium? No, is, 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 is the time. Is the time. It was a time. For a long time, it was if you had over five years, you go to a max. If you had under five years and under, you go to a medium. They raised it to like eight years now. So anything over eight years, you go into a maximum security prison. And anything eight and under, you go to a medium. Let me ask you one last well, I asked a question, but in closing, right? Mm -hmm. First, I'm pretty sure you came home, you caught up. Maybe you cracked the jokes earlier. You know, Shana G? How much time you the game shine, huh? Yeah, you shine. <laughs> you always shining. Smell them nigga with money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, what would be your last words to the youth out there that's listening? <coughs> One of the most important things is um, I stress is um, as an education mm -hmm. um, to learn to learn the law. You know. Um, Learn what a grand jury is. You know, um, learn learn who your local politicians are, right? Like, just in your community. You don't have to go all the way to Washington. Um, learn who's going to... Because when you get in a situation, when you get in a situation, um, who you think going to be the ones to help you? It's going to be um, your local politicians, um, churches, um, there's a lot of people that advocated and wrote letters for me. Um, my friends couldn't do much for me. Hmm. They couldn't do much for me. So you got to arm yourself with, it's hard understanding. Most of us that come from our communities, when we go into a courtroom, we like a deer in headlights. Yeah. We don't understand what's going on in that courtroom. And there's a they stick a lawyer next to us. 
um, maybe a public defender because most people can't. Everybody's seen the Kylie Browner story um, and what he went through and, and how he couldn't even get out of jail. What was his bail? Eighteen hundred or some shit like that. Something like that. Thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It was reachable. Yeah. For but he couldn't. He stayed in jail for three years. Yeah. He couldn't get out. So that's a reality, right? And so what I like to tell kids is, listen, um, we're not rich. We don't. We don't have the money, right? But the one thing they can't control is what you put inside your brain. And if you're gonna be um, out there. Um, running the street, know that there's detectives out there like Louis Scarcella, and, and, and I'm going to say his name, Louis Scarcella, L-O-U-I-S, last name, S-C-A-R-C-E-L-L-A. Um, I would encourage um, your viewers to look up who he is and understand that there's cops like that in every borough, in every police station, Right, and they outnumber the good ones. Hmm. Right, you ever hear that? Anytime you talk about um, law enforcement, you always hear um, there's only a few bad apples. And I always say it's the opposite. There's, all, there's only a few good apples. Right, because right? because in my man's story in the precinct, like you said, when he was getting sodomized, that when you watch an old detective show. Usually detective that's 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 crooked, he usually say, take him down to the pier or take him in the back alley. Mm -hmm. They took him to the precinct, the one place that you should be avoiding, that where all the good guys, where all the so-called good guys is at, that's where they took him at. And he got sodomized inside a precinct bathroom, in a precinct bathroom. And when you think about that, you say, well, where was all the good apples? While this was going on, I know that wasn't quiet. Where the good apples was at? So, when you look at law enforcement, you really have to understand how serious they after that was us. Crazy. It is, it, you know, you really have to look at how they after us, right? And 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 not take it as a joke and look at um on um, what happened to me because as we speak, that's happened. Somebody, some kid is in the precinct right now. Like I say, today, me, tomorrow, you. I know how to arm myself now. I know how to back myself. Um, I know how to stay out of situations. That's number one. I know how to pick my friends a lot more closely now. But one of the things is I know how to engage with law enforcement. I know how to engage with a cop in the street or in court. Right? And so those are some of the things that I definitely would like to um, part and encourage that. Because all the time, because I'm in a reason why I'm in a situation because a lot of people call me to answer part of your question that you asked earlier. Why? So a lot of people call me. I still go visit people in prison. I go visit people in prison. Like, a lot of people call me and ask for advice. A lot of people say, What should I do? How do I fight this? How do, do I do that? And so that's one of the reasons why I say to try to educate yourself. You'd be surprised, man, how how many people don't even know the simple stuff. I'm not saying be Johnny Cochran. Right. I'm just saying know the basics, right? Know what arraignment is. Know what a grand jury is, right? Know what a lawyer's duty is. Know what a DA's duty is. Know what an indictment is. And you ask some people, do you know what an indictment is? 
Do you know what it entails? Do you know what a grand jury does? Grown men, later for kids, grown men. They don't even know that. So we need to get that out, that type of that type of message out so we can sort of prevent things like this from happening again. We know people is going to continuously commit crime. People is going to continue to get locked up, right? But we don't want people from our community to be unfairly and unjustly locked up and targeted either. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 beating, I'm beating exactly what you're saying, Brother Dad. Yeah, and I see right right here too. It shows people that that he uh, got locked up. That's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is he locked up? Let me David take Ranta, Nelson Cruz, all of these people. Jeffrey Campbell, you know, a lot of people. Vanessa, Gatherson, Jared Washington, Shabaka Shakur, Shabaka Shakur, yeah. Derek Bush, Hamilton, Derek Hamilton, Carlos Davis. That's Bush. Derek Hamilton. You ever? You ever I don't Sunday know Moses. Him, you know what I'm saying. He's done a lot, man. Um, he's from LG, and we got locked up by the same. Uh, we all got locked up by the same cop. We didn't even know that. We was upstate with next to each other and everything. Never mm-hmm. even spoke about who we got locked up by. And we only found out like he was locking up. Who? Come on, he was locking up females. Yeah. Yeah, he was letting out. <laughs> he was letting guys. He was letting like this female. He would give like people crack. Drug addicts crack and tell him to testify against people. He had this female um, um, that it's spooky. He had a female that he had to testify on all these separate homicides, but she she said she witnessed the um, a murder take place in the crack den in the crack house. Mm-hmm. Like a guy picked up a pillow and put a gun in it and shot somebody in the head and killed him. She witnessed it because she was hiding in the closet and seen it through a peephole. And the family hired a private investigator. The private investigator went back to the so-called crack den and looked to see where this closet in this hole was, and it wasn't none, right? And that case fell apart, but he still used her. They used to call, they used to call her his go-to witness. Now, fast forward, 2013, 2014, they go looking for this female. She's mysteriously got killed in a hit and run. Hmm. Right? Now, it's very possible that you could get killed in a hit and run, but nobody got locked up for it. Like, people don't really get away with hit and runs, though. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. People get away with a lot of crime, but hit and run? Like you said, yeah, because they got, they, come on, you got license plates, you got this, that. Hit and runs is kind of hard to get away with nowadays. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You hit somebody. Like, it's, this is not you nip somebody. She you got kill killed. Somebody, yeah. She got murdered in the hit and run. Hmm. I want, we, got a, we got a friend from our neighborhood. In fact, the guy who allegedly got, he got locked up for killing the real 50 Cent, right? He's locked up right now. Mm-hmm. His name is Wemo, right? I know him personally. I grew up under him. But he killed but he a Jewish out, he, family. He came out for the 50 Cent and then he, yeah. he ran over somebody. Yeah. Killed, you know, killed a Jewish family inside a cab. They was in a cab. So that's what he's locked up for right now, right? And, they, you know, they sentenced him and gave him time for that. But this is a big case. But he got caught. And, and did he stay at the scene? 
He no, left, right? He left. Yeah. But he got caught. He got so this caught. is what I'm saying. So, why, is to, why is the killer of this Teresa Gomez, where is he at? He just vanished in the thin air. You don't have no leads, no nothing. But this is the female who 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 we can call in, subpoena into court, and question her about the activities mm -hmm. that the cop. So now she mysteriously disappeared. Right. There was is a guy in the witness protection program in the feds that wrote my lawyer, and um. And asked my lawyer and told my lawyer that the cop that the cop had threatened him, which we found out the cop, the guys in the witness protection, because they, they, they was all part of the mob. And this guy's uncle, the cop's uncle, goes by the name of Fat Tony. He's dead now. This all came out of my hammer. I didn't know nothing about it. But somebody from federal penitentiary that's in the witness protection program wrote my lawyer and said that cop right there is dirty because he he threatened my father. The cop was serious. He told the kid, listen, the kid stole the car. It was a young kid. He stole the car, but the the owner of the car was somebody. So they got the car back, and the cop went to the kid and said, if anything happened to the owner, I'm going to come back to your house, and I'm going to beat your father up in front of you. That's what the cop told him, like, and he he says that like he says stuff like that. He threatened people. Look what he said with Bush. Yeah, you going to jail forever. He went up all the way up to Connecticut to a friend of mine, pinned the murder on him. And a lot of these is like um, Brooklyn murders. It was dudes locked up, like you know, because again he was a decorated and well known cop. Like he was known for. That's why he's on Doctor Phil. He was so called known for um, getting confessions and making arrests that no other cop could, mm. right? And then when you fast forward 300 and something murders later, he's decorated by the city all over the place, and then it starts to unravel with the investigative reporter. And then they just said, you know what? We're looking, we looking at all his cases. They opened up this whole caseload, but think about it. You think the city, you know how much money that is? You know how much of a controversy that causes? You know how many people's careers go down the drain? They're not doing that. That's why this platform is so important, right? Because if the city knew what they was trying to sweep under the rug, they probably would be in the outrage because if y'all pay taxes, y'all paying the cop. I pay taxes. I'm paying. I'm paying the cop that wrongfully convicted me. He's getting a pension, right? He's getting a pension, and that's because the city don't wanna. They don't wanna. They don't wanna blame him. They don't wanna blame him because he has too much information, and he's letting it be known. It's almost like did you see, if you ever followed the Little Kim case, <coughs> Little Kim. Got, she got arrested. They had a shooting in front of Hot 97. The individuals that was with Little Kim, they didn't, they didn't lock up, right? But they knew Little Kim. She's a celebrity, like anything, right? The celebrity there, something happened. They gonna say the celebrity name, mm -hmm. cause that's who they know. So, Little Kim 
um, gets arrested and they show her a video. Well, Little Kim doesn't get arrested. Little Kim gets subpoenaed to testify under a federal grand jury. When they put you in that position as a trick that the feds use, when they put you in a position to testify under a federal grand jury, they're waiting for you to lie. They're going to ask you some intense questions because they know they can't lock you up. They knew they couldn't lock Little Kim up. Why you can't lock Little Kim up? Because Little Kim wasn't shooting. What are you locking up for? But we know you was there. And you wouldn't, you see this video right here? Tell us who that is. She wouldn't tell. She wouldn't tell. That was her whole little beef with her little seeds. She would not tell, but they got the video. They showing you the video. Like, you can't get around it. Look, mm. little seeds was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, like, all you doing is waiting for me to lie. It's a trick. Here's the video. Who is that? I don't know. Okay, you going to jail. You just lied on the federal grand jury. This is you right there, right? Because they're going to ask you. They're going to methodically say, um, I would like to, is this you right here in the video? And you say, yeah. The only way you get around that is if you plead the fifth. But guess what? That's why it's so good to know the law. You can't plead the fifth unless you're under arrest. Hmm. Remember, the Fifth Amendment is only for the accused. So they strategically don't accuse you with anything. So you have to talk. A lot of people don't understand that. That's what happened with celebrity cases sometimes when they so-called rap. Right? That happened in, uh, in a few cases I know about. You, you can't not. You can't say, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Because you can't plead the Fifth if you're not accused. And the judge is going to order you to answer the question. That's what happened to Scott. Mm, that's right. Yeah. He, he tried to run. Uh, I had, you know, I just had a, it was a situation just like that where God didn't want to testify. He did everything in his power to. Mm. And the police tracked him down and forced him, arrested him, and made him testify. Mm. Right? And he couldn't plead the fifth. So when people start talking about, when people start talking about, like, um, Wrong, uh, um, prison and no snitching and they start talking about these they forget to leave out the details and what the law does the reality of the positions that they put the law in and certain people right and why certain things come out the way that they do mm. you know so so I think I think you know to answer your question flip to um kind of you know I think that that's very important for not even people that's still out there in the street, but there's still a lot of people that's locked up for stuff they didn't do. There's a lot of people that got life. It's gonna be families that look at this. Um, um, it's gonna be families that look at this, and they're gonna, um, and they're probably gonna say that, um, that they're glad, they're glad that you gave them the plat, the, that the platform was there, because they're still going through it. They still going to court tomorrow. There's gonna be a bunch of people, um that got to go to court and and support families I mean mm -hmm. mothers girlfriends you know all these people that we talking about they got family and and they need some sort of direction they need to hear people at least address it at least mention it right um there was a big response at the cipher or ciphers that that demographic because they got to feel it they got the feel, they're close to it. 
again. You know, a lot of people that was in the audience, you know, was locked up. Some people on parole still, and some people still wrongfully accused. So I think that that's that that's real important. And I um I definitely like to um give out a big shout out to y'all for um for even considering the um the topic. You know, I appreciate that. Well, you appreciate you, man. Is there anything else you and, and you know in closing you want to promote or you know anything we look forward to you doing in the future? Yeah, I'm a, um I'm I think I'm working on a book. I'm working on a book um about That's what catching up calling you right now? Oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's no that's that's um. Yeah, come on, you know. No, you talk aloud, you no, your 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 wife, your wife. You know, you don't, you don't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Y'all get those phone calls. Y'all know that. We don't get those phone calls, man. We mind our business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm um I'm a, um I'm preparing a book right now. Um and and again, um people can go watch Stolen Time and Justice in Brooklyn. Um, uh, that's on YouTube right now. Um, it documents. The arrest and documents three people that was wrongfully convicted by the same cop. Mm. Um, just, um, just also a documentary about that was done by Al Jazeera America, um, by the name of um, it's done by America Tonight, and it's called um, False Confessions. So there's things on the horizon. You know, I go to a lot of schools and 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 speak to um a lot of. Um, youths and, and and speak to a lot of the legal community and try to get better communication between the urban community and law enforcement, mm-hmm. so we can kind of have conversations and stuff like that don't happen, you know. Now, huh. And and I'm and I'm opening up a chicken restaurant. And, oh, you know, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm opening up a a a, a, a wing. Um, Course you are. Place in King and in, in, in King's Plaza Mall. We still got something else pending, huh? Yeah, no, no, no. There's a, is a, you know why? Because there's a process. There's a heavy process. Yo, catch it up. All right, let's let's, let's wrap it up, man. Yeah, I don't want to get you too, too much trouble, man. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> we gotta wrap it up, man. All right, baby. Social media, anything you want to give out or? Um, Zulu underscore two four three, or you could go to um Facebook, and just follow me at my name, Sunday Moses. I mean, right here. Anything you want to say before we close out? Anything? Uh, I appreciate the platform y'all giving them. The, the talk is to talk, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, he can do. You <laughs> <laughs> let yeah. him go. He let him go. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. about. All that stuff you were saying, I was like, that's what I was, I was researching. You know, to have knowledge of. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, real knowledgeable dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a lot of stuff. You might just say, right, don't start, man. No, 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 start. I'm just saying, you look. Come on, man. I'm just saying, you you got a chance to look because usually I had that conversation before. Before before I even come on. Oh yeah 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 we didn't have a chance to yeah, yeah, yeah. right I didn't have a chance to yeah 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 I wish I wish because that's what I was doing but I, but I'm happy I did it I'm happy I did it I I was able to put uh, things in perspective mentally right. you know while listening to you talk you know I was able to put those into perspective I'm happy that I was able to you name some names and and you see a bunch of people on this man um you know locked up women and stuff and 15 overturned that's you know, crazy it's a lot of things that i was looking at while you were speaking i saw it same thing with killer band and everything you know all these articles are up on my phone so yeah. i appreciate you you know informing yeah. us yeah that's all man so if you're signing out man you know what it is uh make sure you like make sure you comment you subscribe to the page uh instagram at dj g money 156 at queens flip with a z at flip the script pod 
No sponsors today, man. You know what I'm saying? No, no sponsors today. Just you got, a, you, got a, you got a Red Sox hat. I mean, yeah, you know, something like. Did you know that was a Red Sox? Yeah. I thought it was a Sox. <laughs> Is it Red, Red Sox? I think it's a Red Sox. White Sox. White Sox? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they have a team called the White Sox? Yeah, get out of here, see? Oh. You don't even know. You don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, sign out, man. Wait, like the White Sox. They never won a championship then. <laughs> <laughs> the White Sox. Oh, look at the White Sox. <laughs> Yo, this Queen Flip, man. URLTV.tv. Yo. Man, dope interview. Um, yes. You know, pay attention and stay tuned. You know what I mean? Got a lot to learn. And remember, man, lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. <laughs> he look, he look yeah. And if you see a nigga like Sunday on your lawn, <laughs> let him in. He don't mean no harm. Right. I'm from Queens. Wait, but he may have a nice, so don't be afraid to use a firearm. I'm <laughs>